Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hundreds of thousands of children have crossed the U.S.-Mexico border without their parents in recent years. Some of these kids wind up working in dangerous jobs with few protections. The Public's Radio spent two years investigating allegations that migrant children worked in seafood processing plants in New Bedford. With the support of the PBS series Frontline, we reviewed over 2,000 pages of documents and spoke to more than 100 sources. Our reporters interviewed more than two dozen migrant teenagers who said they have worked at seafood processors as minors, as far back as 2016. The Public's Radio learned exclusively that the U.S. Department of Labor is investigating at least two New Bedford seafood processors and a Rhode Island staffing agency for possible child labor, overtime pay, and anti-retaliation violations. Nadine Sabai spoke to the owner of one of the processing plants and a teenager who said that he worked there earlier this year when he was 14. Here's the first part of our investigative series. That sound you hear, that's the sound of a machine that kills and cleans crabs at the Atlantic Red Crab Company in New Bedford. When we learned that the Labor Department was investigating the seafood processor, we contacted the owner, who offered to give us a tour. On the day we visited in early September, the plant was processing more than 20,000 pounds of red crab. One crab's body fit into my cupped hands, but its long spider-like legs spilled over. The noise torments you too. The whole day, the noise is there. That's Nathaniel. He wasn't on the tour. He told us he worked at the plant for three months starting last fall when he was 14 years old. He had recently arrived in the U.S. from Guatemala and he wanted to help pay for his living expenses. We're not using Nathaniel's full name because he's a minor. Nathaniel is around 5'5", with thick, dark brown hair parted on the side. A silver cross necklace rests on his chest. His family told us that he applied to a staffing agency using a fake ID, and that agency, Workforce Unlimited, sent him to work at the plant. The Labor Department is also investigating the Rhode Island-based firm, according to documents we obtained. Leave a message at the tone and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you. We reached out to Workforce Unlimited several times, but no one responded to our request for comment. We called Atlantic Red Crab owner John Williams and asked him about Nathaniel. And I will take any lie detector test on Earth. If that happened, I was totally unaware of it. And, And I will also say... We wouldn't support that type of thing. We also asked the company about the Labor Department's investigation. Williams' team told us federal investigators had visited two of its plants in May and found a 16-year-old working in one of them. Williams said the teenager, who was removed from the plant, was hired by a staffing agency. 
isn't like I hired this person, but the staffing agency sent that person to my building. And yes, that person worked in my building. I can't deny that. And I, sometimes I have 150 people working in my building and they all wear hairnets and face masks. When we looked around the plant floor, it was difficult to tell workers exact ages because of the face masks. We counted around 18 people working on the processing line, roughly split between men and women. Most were wearing blue smocks with green plastic aprons. The air was moist and smelled fishy, and the workers were on their feet the entire time we were there. And they moved quickly. Your hands hurt after 10, 12 hours. They hurt a lot from killing. And your feet too. Being on your feet all day, they don't let you sit. Nathaniel, who was now 15, said that on some days he worked from 6 in the morning to 6 at night. He told us that he learned to be careful when cleaning crabs. If his hands got too close to the machine, he feared it might snag his glove or worse, his skin. In addition to Atlantic Red Crab and Workforce Unlimited, the Labor Department is investigating Sea Watch International, which has a processing plant in New Bedford. When asked about the investigation, the company said no comment. The Labor Department declined to comment when we asked about its investigation. Federal law prohibits teenagers under 16 from working in processing jobs, and Massachusetts law restricts the hours those teens can work. But nearly all of the teens we spoke with told us they got their jobs using fake IDs, indicating they were over 18. Nathaniel is among the more than 250,000 unaccompanied minors who entered the United States in the past few years. A record. Most are from Central America. Many are fleeing poverty and violence. Last summer, Nathaniel and his cousin swam across the border into California at night. I don't remember anything. A wave carried me to shore, and when I looked back, I saw him drowning. When I ran back for him, he made it out. So we started running before immigration surrounded us. Across the country, federal agencies found migrant children working in low-wage, dangerous jobs at meatpacking plants, auto part manufacturers, and poultry processors. Earlier this year, the Biden administration announced new measures to combat the problem. The teens we met said they had to get jobs, to pay debts to smugglers, send money to their families back home, support themselves, and pay immigration attorneys. Carlos came to the U.S. with his dad in 2015. He told us he got his first job processing seafood when he was still in middle school. Carlos said his shoulders ached after cleaning fish for hours. His hands bore scars that he said came from all the times he cut himself on the job with sharp knives. Sometimes when I start working the knife, I just my, cut my hand, as you can see right here. I just cut my hands off a lot, mostly, yeah, because of the knife. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration has fined numerous New Bedford seafood processing companies for violations. The agency's records show two men died from injuries they sustained while working at Sea Watch, one in 2014, the other in 2019. Both had been hired through Workforce Unlimited. Records also show that workers at processors have lost fingertips to power-driven machines, 
broken bones, and suffered chemical burns. Nathaniel left his job in January to go to high school. His advice to other migrant teens? Avoid working in seafood processing. Because it's very tiring, and the smell is unbearable, and the sound of the machine, and you're on your feet. Well, yeah, it's very, very hard. For the Public's Radio, I'm Nadine Sabai. This story is part of a collaboration between the Public's Radio and Frontline's local journalism initiative, which is funded by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Nina Sparling and Bruce Heal contributed to the story. For more on the Public's Radio investigation, visit thepublicsradio.org. Auto workers, hotel workers, Hollywood actors and writers have all gone on strike this year. Now, tens of thousands of health care workers at one of the country's biggest health care providers, Kaiser Permanente, are poised to go on strike, too. They say they are understaffed and suffering because of it. NPR's Danielle Kay reports. Pamela Reed is an optometrist at Kaiser's Marlowe Heights Medical Center in Maryland. I've been working with Kaiser for 25 years. She says care for Kaiser's nearly 13 million patients has been deteriorating since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic because there's just not enough staff. Pre-pandemic, it was more like you can get an appointment within five to ten business days. Post-pandemic, it's more like one to two months. Workers like Reed are getting ready to go on strike for three days next week, starting Wednesday. She hopes the strike would help bring staffing levels back up and ultimately improve care for Kaiser's patients. They are really already being affected. So our goal with the strike is to hopefully change that. 75,000 workers at hundreds of Kaiser hospitals, clinics, and medical offices from California and Colorado to Washington, D.C., could walk off the job. It would be what their unions describe as the biggest health care strike in U.S. history. They're demanding higher pay and better benefits to help fix a severe staffing crisis. About 11 percent of union positions were vacant in April of this year. That's according to data obtained by the 12 unions that are in talks with Kaiser. We went from really having a problem on the horizon to having a crisis here and now. Caroline Lucas is executive director of the Coalition of Kaiser Permanente Unions. She says understaffing has been a concern for years, but an exodus of healthcare workers during COVID, coupled with a surge in demand as patients come back for routine care they delayed because of the pandemic, has made the issue much more urgent. Take, for example, the mammography department in San Diego, where workers say the number of biopsies they do has skyrocketed. How do you double your workload and still remain that, you know, dialed in level of detail um, and attention to detail that's required for difficult medical diagnoses and testing? Kaiser says it's close to reaching its goal of hiring 10,000 more people to fill union positions this year. But Lucas says the organization isn't taking into account the thousands of workers who keep leaving. She says Kaiser needs to raise wages to give people a reason to stay. They work 40, 50, 60 hours a week at a job that we all know as a society that we need to have filled. 
and they can't pay their bills at the end of the week. Kaiser says it offers better pay and benefits than other health care employers. They're asking employees to reject calls to walk off the job to avoid hurting patients. But workers say patient care is already suffering because of understaffed facilities, and they've voted overwhelmingly to authorize a strike. Many of them, lab technicians, nurses, pharmacists, and others, have seen firsthand how an exodus of health care workers has exacerbated pandemic burnout. That's what Brooke Elamine has experienced. For 21 years, she's held lots of positions at Kaiser in the Washington, D.C. area, from technician to pharmacist. You know, I really moved up uh, through the ranks, and Kaiser really grew with me for all of those years. 39-year-old Elamine says she can't imagine her life without Kaiser. But when COVID hit, the understaffing became stressful. And now she says it's even taken a toll on her mental health. I don't want to strike, but I feel like Kaiser you know, is already letting down our patients. They're already letting down the employees. The bargaining committees are set to meet in person tomorrow, the last set of formal talks to avoid a nationwide walkout next week. Danielle Kay, NPR News. Black babies cost less. It's no exaggeration to say that government money saved childcare during the pandemic. Congress approved unprecedented levels of spending to ensure essential workers had somewhere to send their kids. But in two days, most of that funding is ending, which means that working parents may start seeing changes, even tuition hikes, as childcare providers figure out how to survive. NPR's Andrea Shu reports. At a place to grow in Oak Hill, West Virginia, a dozen two-year-olds prance about to their favorite tunes alongside their two teachers. This kind of ratio is a luxury in daycares and a mark of quality. And quality is what Melissa Colagrasso has been all about since she founded the center 28 years ago. Most of the time, children raised in a good quality childcare, you can see the difference in their resilience and their people skills and their ability to learn. But now, with pandemic-era funds drying up, Colagrasso's ability to carry on with that same level of quality is under threat. We're going to have to slow down payroll. We're going to have to cut everywhere we can cut. Soon, no more paid sick leave, no more floating staff to help with diapers or lunch or with the little one who's having a bad day. Running a daycare in this low-income rural community has never been easy. Parents can't afford to pay much. And for families who qualify for government subsidies, Colorado gets even less. Year after year, she has struggled to make it work. The number of times that payroll would come up, I don't have it. But the pandemic brought some breathing room. First, the state stepped in and made childcare free for all essential workers, ensuring daycare is a supply of families. Then in 2021, Congress came to the rescue with $24 billion to stabilize the childcare sector as part of the American Rescue Plan. It got the momentum going where it needed to go. The money started flowing, and over the past year, A Place to Grow has received $27,000 a month. And what a difference it's made for the children and the staff. So this is all new since we did this with ARP funding. Colagrasso shows me the new outdoor classroom, the swing set the kids had begged for, the pedal scooters that help with gross motor skills. All of that with pandemic money. This was just an empty field. Kids would come out here and run and didn't have equipment. And then there's what's gone to the staff. 
Before the pandemic, Calagrasso would start teachers at minimum wage, $8.75 an hour, typical for daycare teachers who are among the lowest paid workers in America. She would try to give them 25 cent raises every year. Maybe a good year I'd do 40 cents an hour raise. But thanks to that federal money, she's given $1 an hour raises in each of the past three years. She added paid sick leave for the first time for even part-timers. And here's the big one. Since last fall, she's been giving teachers a $200 bonus in every paycheck. You don't have to do anything but just be here. Show up, don't call off, be on time. So that was an extra $400 a month. And wait, there's more. The state also sent federal dollars directly to daycare teachers. Destiny Vansicle says a $2,500 check from the government changed her life. With the bonuses we receive and everything, I was able to put a down payment towards a house. A two-bedroom place right next to her sister. No small feat for a young mother of two who had been living in low-income housing. It's been really nice to have our own place and having my boys being able to have a yard because at Pine All, we didn't really have a yard to play in. In the preschool room, Tina G., who's worked here for 13 years, says the extra cash allowed her to give her 9- and 12-year-old daughters Christmas for the first time. They got brand new bikes. Both my girls got new kayaks. And she treated herself to something, too. She'd had a series of used cars that broke down all the time. So she bought herself a brand new car. I took on bills that I was finally able to afford because of the extra money. It felt like the work I was doing was finally being acknowledged. Like, I feel like my pay matches the hard work I put in. But that satisfaction was short-lived. With the federal funds ending, so have those $200 bonuses. Already, Tina G is behind on her car payment. I guess maybe it was our fault for getting used to it, thinking it was going to be more than temporary. A bill in Congress to extend childcare funding has gone nowhere. West Virginia and other states are trying to help out. But still, Melissa Colagrasso is facing deeper cuts. You know, you do the math like any other business and the math doesn't add up. This is what I need. This is what I'm going to bring in. It's not there. She says for years, she thought elected leaders just didn't understand the value of child care, didn't understand that without affordable options, people can't go to work. But then she says the pandemic hit and all this money came. And I thought, oh, they did understand all along. They understood They just didn't prioritize it. She's afraid the same is true once again. After a moment in which America finally recognized childcare as critical, not just for families, but for the economy, she's stunned that lessons learned are so soon forgotten. Andrea Hsu, NPR News, Oak Hill, West Virginia. A focus now on the federal employees that would be impacted by government shutdown. Everett Kelly is the national president of the American Federation of Government Employees. Mr. Kelly, sir, how many federal workers does AFG, as it's known around here in town, how many federal workers do you represent? We represent about 750,000. That's federal and D.C. government workers. And of those 750,000, how many would be furloughed during a government shutdown? Well, you know, to be honest with you, that's a question that, is unknown at this time. I know that the last shutdown, that was about 800,000 federal workers furloughed. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, that was affected. Half of them were furloughed. Uh, half of them uh, went to work and, um, you know, just didn't get paid. And we're four days away from a shutdown. Uh, do employees know, do federal employees know at this point whether they would be furloughed or whether they would be considered essential employees? Or are those plans still being put together? Well, those plans, uh, in some cases, are still being put together. In some cases, they know, uh, and they're making preparations for uh, what, what could happen. Uh, what are you telling your union members 
who expect to be furloughed? How should they be planning for this? Well, first of all, I, I'm, I'm remaining hopeful. Uh, I'm telling them to continue to call Congress uh, and ask them to not allow shutdown to occur. Uh, secondly, uh, I'm telling them to prepare, you know, in the event that uh, shutdown occurs. Uh, prepare financially as best you can. Uh, as we know, you know, it's hard for uh, working America to prepare uh, to not have a paycheck. Uh, but the best that you can, you know, try to prepare, uh, put away money as, as you can. Uh, you know, we are trying to make sure that we provide uh, information for resources for uh, employees that might be affected as we did on the last shutdown. We had a caller in our first segment of the Washington Journal today uh, talking about the the shutting down and then the reopening process at whatever point, if it does shut down, at whatever point it's reopened, saying it's so disruptive, the, the front side and the back side of that, there's so much waste in that process. Uh, the, these shutdown plans, can you just talk through how it's affecting your workers and what they're telling you? Well, you know, first of all, it is a psychological effect on our workers, okay, because, you know, they'll continue to have to deal with this issue that they deal with year after year, uh, and it has a psychological effect. You know, uh, it is confusing to them to have to uh, deal with the fact that they could be shut down, you know, uh, for no apparent reason. Uh, so uh, that will be my answer. It's, it's a psychological effect on them. A shutdown is about a lot of things in this one, whether it's border security or other issues. But one of the issues is about the size of the federal government. Do you think the federal government is, is too big, too bloated right now? Oh, not at all. I think that the federal government is understaffed as we speak. Uh, and, 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 you know, they need to consider how do we staff the federal government so that the American people can receive the uh, services that it deserves. What's an example of the federal government being understaffed in what area? Well, I'm, I'm thinking particularly about the Social Security Administration right now. Uh, they are very much understaffed. And, and you know, a lot of times uh, claims are not processed adequately uh, because of the fact that they are not staffed adequately. Uh, focusing back on those federal workers, Mr. Kelly, uh, if uh, whether you're an essential employee or you're a furloughed employee, it, you wouldn't be receiving a paycheck during a shutdown, but you could expect to receive back pay uh, after the government reopens. Is that correct? You'd be made whole after a shutdown? Well, you know, that's correct. You would receive uh, back pay eventually. Uh, however, I don't know if employees would ever be made whole uh, in the event that uh, a shutdown occurs because, uh, number one, as I've said over and over and over again, uh, federal employees are no different than the rest of America. Uh, and 60% of Americans live, uh, work in America live from paycheck to paycheck. And the people that I represent, it's no different. Uh, and so missing one paycheck sets you back. Uh, I mean, you know, you got to now figure out how am I going to feed my family? How am I going to even get to work? Because it costs to go back and forth to work. You know, uh, and then when your back pay finally arrives, you know, it's one lump sum. That puts you in a different tax bracket. It, it's, it's, so I don't know if you ever be made whole. What would you say to those folks who question why somebody who wouldn't be working during a shutdown, why should they get back pay? Well, you know, because ultimately they have been locked out of the job, not because they don't want to go to work, but they have been locked out of their job. I encourage 
uh, Congress to take a, a look at what happened with the uh, Senate. You know, they gave uh, the Congress a way out here. And, and I think that, you know, that's what we should be asking Congress to do is make sure that they don't uh, get locked out of the job and do not have to deal with that situation. And we talked about that in the first segment of the Washington Journal this morning about uh, that short-term funding bill to keep the government open for several more weeks, a uh, bipartisan measure moved by the Senate yesterday. We'll see what happens with it in the House. But we're talking with Everett Kelly this morning of the American Federation of Government Employees. Uh, and uh, as we said, so do have that special line for federal employees. Michael's on that line first out of Suitland, Maryland. Michael, good morning. Hey, good, good morning. Can you all hear me? Yes, sir. Yes. So um, I just wanted to bring some light to the uh, the shutdown, uh, a part that I didn't know that, that affected us. And um, both of my kids, they go to daycare on a uh, on federal basis, on, on uh, two bases that are close by. And essentially, if the government is shut down, we still have to pay for the child care. And that, but the kids are home with us because this is the base. Everybody's furloughed. So. I don't know if, you know, other people are experiencing that. I'm sure people, um, you know, who send their kids to these federal, you know, daycares have to still pay for this. This uh, and, and it's about 900 for my daughter and about, well, that would be about 1500 for my, for my, uh, for my son. So I just wanted to bring light to that. Mr. Kelly. Yes. You know, and, and that, that's the point, Michael, and thank you for calling. But the point is that there's so many areas that's affected by the shutdown that the average person just is not aware of. So, Brink, thank you for bringing that to the attention of the American public because they will be affected in so many ways. The nonprofit news organization, The City, is out with a report on unemployment by race in New York that finds ongoing striking disparities between black and other groups' unemployment rate uh, rates. I'm going to read you a little bit of this on what is perhaps the most disturbing particular fact and stat. Uh, this has a measurement called Out of Work and Out of School, or OSOW, sheds light on the depths of this crisis for young black males in New York City. Those who fall into this category are neither working nor looking for work nor going to school to get the credentials and skills needed to find a job. New figures from the Center for New York City Affairs shows the OSOW rate for young black males aged 18 to 24 in the second quarter of this year was 26%, by far the highest of any other age, racial, or gender group. Quote, young black males have suffered outsized employment and labor force impacts from the pandemic and the recent economic slowdown, um, quoting uh, the economist James Parrott. With now, we have uh, Greg David, business and economics reporter for the news organization The City and the director of the business and economics reporting program at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. And Safia Riddle, a freelance journalist who reported this story with Greg during her recent internship at the city. Greg and Safia, welcome back to WNYC. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Brian. 
but Greg, do you want to start by talking more about this unemployment staff that many of our listeners may have never heard of before, out of work and out of school? Yes, um, it's relatively new to me, too. Um, so at the city, we've been worried and writing stories about the black unemployment rate for more than a year and a half. Um, much of the really good data work on this is being done by James Parrott at the Center for New York City Affairs at the New School. And originally, I saw stats that said that 15 percent, uh, the black unemployment rate in New York was 15 percent, and that was so much higher. This stat goes beyond sort of just the unemployment rate because the unemployment rate is coming down for blacks. It's still very high because um, you're not counted in the workforce if you're in school or not looking for a job. So this stat sort of really encompasses people who are, to use a phrase that I've heard a lot lately, disconnected from work. And 26% is an extraordinary number. And with the other numbers we have, you know, the black unemployment rate was 15% um, in May when uh, the two of us published another story. The gap between the black and white unemployment rate was nine times. Um, and so this is a crisis in New York. And one of the things that Sophia can talk about is it's not a crisis elsewhere in the country. Uh, the, the gap between the black and white unemployment rate in the rest of the country is as low as it's ever been. So this is really an important issue that I think New York has to focus in on. Sophia, you want to pick it up on that point and talk about those comparisons that you looked at? Sure. So um, as recently as last month, the the unemployment gap between um, black people and white people across the country narrowed once again, um, even at a time when um, in cities like New York, Chicago, D.C., um, that gap remains um, much, much larger. Um, and so part of what Greg and I did for these stories was to just uh, kind of look into why there was such a persistent disparity between um, these cities and elsewhere in the country. Um, in Florida, specifically, the gap is as low as 1%. In Louisiana, it's as low as 1.5%. Um, and in other places, the Black unemployment rate is hovering around national levels. Um, so it's really an inconsistent story. It's a story of um, dis different recoveries across different places across the country. Where do you start, Safia, to answer the question, why? Well, it's a challenging question to answer, and there's not really a simple um, straightforward answer. Um, some economists have pointed to the fact that wages actually grew faster in states like Florida, um, Louisiana, and Georgia than um, in New York and Chicago. Um, in Florida, for example, Black men saw a median wage increase of 29% or $4 an hour, <laughs> excuse me, um, almost $5 an hour between 2020 and 2022, according to a study. Um, and in New York, at the same time, earnings for Black workers rose only 17%. Um, and so we're seeing that that um, disparity actually pulls more people into the workforce in, in states where um, wages grew much faster. Um, another thing that Greg can speak to is the disparities in the recoveries in different industries across the country. Um, Greg has reported on how retail jobs have not really come back in New York. Um, and Greg, I can let you speak to that and how that's affected Black workers. So one of the major causes that we've uncovered is that the recovery has eliminated or made difficult many jobs that are entry-level jobs for people with um, modest or educational skills. 
that's clearly hurt um, many young people in New York and many young black people, black men in New York as well. A third factor that we think is really important and it has to do with the unemployment number, not as much as the second number we've been talking about, is as people have been reporting and writing about extensively, there's a um, major exodus of middle-class Blacks from New York, a few of whom, some of whom are going to the suburbs, but the biggest number are going to the South. And this exodus is actually reducing the number of Blacks in New York who are working. And that's a statistical thing that's weighing in and driving up the unemployment rate. It's also a broader problem, of course, um, because um, obviously these are people who are we would love to keep in New York. Greg, are there policy proposals that are active to deal with this disparity? Well, uh, Brian, I just smiled because so when we do these stories, I contact the mayor's office and say, do you want to weigh in? And I never get an interview, but I always get the same statement. And the same statement is we understand this is a really important problem. And we have launched all these economic programs to deal with it, which is like the big deal uh, economic program that uh, the mayor and the deputy mayor outlined like a few months into the administration. Um, but it's very hard for me to write about it because every time I do, my editors say to me, can you be more specific? So, for example, one way we could deal with this is that we could have a good workforce development program in New York. And everyone, including the officials in the Adams administration, say we need to fix the workforce development program. And a few months ago, they issued a major report, which was about a year late, I think about how to do it. But I didn't write about it because, frankly, I knew if I had written about it, my editor would have said to me, uh, can we have any specifics here? Hmm. So I can't get any specifics here. So I think that there isn't enough being done by it about it, and it's not being specifically targeted. And some of the people I talk to about it say, well, maybe the administration doesn't think it's good to have some specific black worker or black New Yorker oriented program. So this is not getting the attention it should. Um, Jim, James Parrott at the Center for New York City is doing yeoman's work on it. The Community Service Society is working on the issue and working hard. But, you know, the New York Times has written one story about it and virtually nobody else has written on it. So we need a lot more focus on it. And we do need more policy um, ideas. Obviously, it has to do with the education system. It has to do with the workforce system. And to be frank, I think uh, Parrot and the people at CSS and I would agree, we don't know enough about this. We need more research on it, too. Safia, I don't know if you did any of the political side of this reporting as well as the economic side, but anything to add with respect to the Adams administration? I mean, I think we're talking about people in Mayor Adams' base, working-class black New Yorkers, are, who elected him more than probably any other individual demographic group in New York. Um, you know, it's probably fair to say that he gets the community and pressures on the communities that we're talking about, uh, even despite the lack of specific policies that Greg was just outlining. But I'm just curious if you have any reporting or any thoughts about the Adams administration and this issue. 
Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. I think the first is that the last reason that Greg mentioned about um, the increasing or that persistently high Black unemployment rate is that Black people are leaving and a lot of Black voters are leaving. And so I think the ability to articulate um, kind of coherent demands from an, an, the administration is often disrupted by how often these communities are torn apart and that people are driven out. I think the other point that I'll add to Greg's um, point about uh, data collection is it's even more difficult to get data on this from elsewhere in the country to kind of offer points of comparison. Um, there's different um, levels of interest. If you know, I was calling uh, departments of commerce from states all over the country, and some people talked to me like I was crazy. I had no idea why I was even asking for something like that. So, as much as it's challenging to find this data in New York, it's even more challenging elsewhere. And I think it presents a really difficult. Um, obstacle and even articulating any type of policy to address the issue. We have a few more minutes with Greg David, business and economics reporter for the news organization The City and director of the business and economics reporting program at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY and Safia Riddle, a freelance journalist who also reported this story with Greg uh, for The City during her recent internship this year. The story being about the wide unemployment disparities uh, by race in New York City and that they are wider than most other places in the city, including this really disturbing stat that 26% in the second quarter of New York, uh, second quarter of this year, of young black males um, were in the category known as OSOW, out of work and out of school. Uh, and we're going to take a call in a minute. But, Greg, I just want to make sure that I'm not miscontextualizing uh, that very disturbing stat. Or does it mean that of all the black men in New York, age 18 to 24, fully a quarter of them are neither in school, in work, or looking for work? Yes, that's what it means. And we would put that under the heading of they are disconnected from work and the labor force. And obviously that's a big problem because once you just get disconnected, it's hard to get reconnected. Don and Teaneck, you're on WNYC. Hi, Don. Yes. Uh, I don't know whether you heard me before, but I was saying that there's a tremendous amount of alienation amongst black men in particular. Uh, and, and the fact that there's different kinds of blacks coming from different areas of the country coming who are who are farmers and and, and they come with a much stronger work ethic than than alienated blacks who've been born born and raised here in the United States so and I do believe that uh, that with the proper kind of sampling you could get an idea of what that means Don thank you I I fear that is a stereotype, uh, Sophia, but I wonder if you looked in this reporting at the rates uh, comparatively between black immigrants in that age group or children of immigrants um, and those whose families have been in this country longer. You know, we didn't, and I'm not sure that that data is available, but what I will say is that um, when you look at wages and how slowly wages have grown in New York City, there's actually a lot of um, logical disincentivization for getting um, very low-paying jobs. 
Um, if you're someone with a child who has to consider how expensive childcare is and your wages won't cover childcare, then that's a legitimate question of whether it makes sense to get a job or stay home with the kid. And there's a lot of situations like that. Um, and so I don't think it's a question of work ethic at all or desire to work at all, but more so of opportunities that actually provide wages that people can live off of. Greg, do you want to continue on that at all? Yes, I think it's clear that um, fast growing areas of the country are attracting um, black people uh, in large numbers. I think that's what uh, the work showed about uh, my Florida, also Atlanta. Uh, the situation is the very low black unemployment rate in Atlanta. The question I am in no position to answer and another question I'd like to raise is the question of racism, because obviously racism is at the fundamental level about this issue. But I don't know, is there more racism in New York than Atlanta or Miami? Um, or if not, is it not an issue? I, I, it's just a question I have, and I intend to continue to report this story and ask people about this question more. Y'all niggas! And you gonna be niggas forever, just like us, niggas. To some developing news just before we went on the air, Tesla now getting sued for allegedly tolerating racial harassment of its black workers and retaliating against those who spoke out about it. This is a suit coming from the EEOC. You've probably seen that around your workplace, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. It includes claims from a black worker at the Fremont, California plant, who says people were using what they describe as the N-word all the time, especially men and particularly white men. It claims Tesla failed and refused to take steps to address that behavior. Tesla did not immediately respond to CNBC's request for comment. David Ingram, our tech reporter, is on this one. What else do we know about this? Ali, this uh, lawsuit filed today goes into great detail about some of what black workers at Tesla's factory here in California said that they faced on a regular basis. Uh, this one worker is quoted in the complaint saying that when he would uh, take breaks and go to the restroom or the break room, that he would see uh, the N-word and other um, racial epithets um, uh, scrawled all over uh, the walls, um, saying, saying that he would see uh, the swastika, the N-word. He said it was so gross and racist, I don't want to talk about it. They would say, kill black people. Now, uh, the EEOC says this has been going on for more than eight years at the Fremont factory, which is about an hour east of here in California. I'm in, I'm in San Francisco. And um, uh, the, Tesla actually has known that this suit was coming for more than a year. They have been in discussions with the EEOC. The EEOC says that they failed to come to any kind of um, reconciliation. So now it's, now it's headed to court. It's not the first time that Tesla under Elon Musk has been accused of something like this, right? That's right. There, these similar claims have also been pursued by uh, state regulators in California. They filed their own suit, the sort of state equivalent of the EEOC, and um, employees themselves have, have filed claims in state and federal court. Those are in pretrial motions. Uh, we expect at least one of those to go to trial. Um, uh, from from one worker who has already pursued his cases in, in previous trials and is getting a retrial. So uh, multiple uh, court proceedings advancing at the same time, um, all alleging essentially that, that Tesla not only uh, allowed discrimination to go on against black employees, but even retaliated against them, uh, firing them within weeks of telling uh, management about these problems. David Ingram, thank you very much.
context of white supremacy. Say it ain't so, Elon. No. Trying to get the spaceship. Go to the moon. And they got the Nigra. Are they going to have Nigra? they have any report? Has anybody seen that? When they go and do the take the private citizens up to Mars or Pluto or wherever they go, has anybody reported that? Like, man, we got halfway to, you know, Mars or Saturn or where we were going, you know, the outer limits, the solar system. I went to go potty. Man, they got Nigra. We 15,000 light years away from Earth. We got Nigra scrawled on the bathroom in the spaceship. Come on. Come on. Do better, Elon, man. Do better. Neutralizing workplace racism. Weekly forum. Non-white people, victims of white supremacy anywhere in the known universe. If you are on the spaceship, they got you working doing the repairs, doing the IT work, whatever it is, hit us on the Skype, dial in, and let us know. Even as you are out, once they get the space stations and such, all of those things operating, you take the niggers up there and mistreat them? Come on. Number to dial, 605-313-5166. Six four, the code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Not for spectators. If you and I mean if you have figured out like a teaspoon of strategy, one thing even. Hey man. They do the same thing too. I go to the bathroom. They got spear chucker and coon and nigra and burhead and pickaninny. They got all that written all over the soap dispenser and the hand sanitizer and paper towel dispenser and everything. You know, disgusting. I got racist jokes up there too. You know, this is what I did. Make sure that that never happened again. That's the sort of thing that we need. Any you know particular line of work. Let us know if you figured out some things. Hey, this solved my problem. It looks like permanently. At least it hadn't been an issue for the last year or so. So maybe, you know, tentatively, this one might work sometimes at least. Let us know. We're coming up on end of the year and all of that, right? For some people, you have uh, what they call an annual personal leave, annual days off and all the rest of it for some folks you got to use that stuff up quick you got about three months left use all that up or you lose it that's the way it is for some no jobs that I've had that's the way it is they don't mess you over like that you look at your schedule some of it rolls over they don't mess you over the days that you have to use you put in your written request use up my time off before we get to 2024 no problem Willie have a great time Eat all the chitlins you want. We'll see you when you get back to the workplace. If you have figured out how to avoid some of this abuse, terrorism in the workplace, you get all your raises, get all your promotions, get spectacular performance reviews, 
every time. They let you know in advance about training and such. They don't sabotage you. Hey, man, school year just started. You have a problem with your child. You have a problem with child care. They don't mess you over and all the rest of it. What? Problem happened at school? They called your son a nigger? Oh, man. You go up there and give him hell. We'll see you tomorrow. Take the rest of the day. Let us know. How did you get in this sort of environment? We would like to see if we can replicate the constructive aspects if we can. If you got tips, the number 605-313-5164. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate totally forgot Iris said no bragging no bragging stand by my work back to back 2020 forget COVID-19 death of Kobe Bryant Trump using the losing the election back to back 2020 for the context of white supremacy ending the summer with a constructive bang we hope 20 programs for the month of August 20 programs for the month of September and we have one more day one more program so it'll be 21 programs stick that in your spectating pipe and smoke it metaphor active does not necessarily mean constructive but we have been here if we get to do tomorrow that would be 21 programs in the last 60 days smoking constructively metaphor no narcotics now a few things before we get to folks who wrote in called in the email until justice at gmail.com until justice at gmail.com you can share social media let people know we are on certainly let non-white people victims of white supremacy know we are on if they have any suggestions or difficulties Feel free to dial in. Next hour or so, we will be kicking it. Talking constructively, trying to solve problems, using counter-racist logic. First report that we heard today, I wasn't even going to play it. This is week. I don't know if it's, you know, new season and all that, new school year and lots of things happening. People going on strike, the government shut down, but it was lots with regards to the workplace I wasn't even going to play the opening report that we heard about child migrant labor because we've been talking about that for some time. (laughs) White people do not care about children say that for lots of different reasons. We've been talking about the migrant worker, child migrant worker situation for some time. They've had lots of reports every time. Every time. I've seen one of these reports where they have an image of one of these little tykes who's lost a finger or a hand working, you know, till their eyes are bloodshot red, 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm falling asleep in middle school because I've been working, cleaning chicken guts off the floor. Every image I've seen of one of these children, it hasn't been any 
Mm, I gotta scratch my head and think it. Mm, is that Rachel Dozel? What's going on? I don't know. Rachel? Nah, nah, nah. Every time it's been a little dark dude, a little dark female, most of the time, hable espanol, but they're still non-white. They probably hate black people. whoop de doo but they're still non-white. I mean, ain't no Cameron Diaz nowhere in none of these images where they've shown, oh my goodness, look at Miguel, 14 years old. We got him in the factory, got him with the knife, cleaning the crabs up, they say, today. Not one have I seen, has it been somebody blonde hair, even a brunette, brunette, excuse me, blue eyes, pale skin, looking sad, pale. Nah, nah, nah. They don't, they don't do it. The, the children that they stick in these sort of situations, dark people, they got melanin. I wasn't even going to, I forgot. In fact, I had so many workplace racism reports because I knew I had to play the segment on the shutdown. I had, it was, I mean, I could have just ran shut down and had bunches of them. Anywho, maybe should have. Anywho, so we got the one with the migrant non-white children being abused. Number two came right back on the children, or not yet, Kaiser shut down, healthcare workers saying we're understaffed, got all these crazy workers, been horrible since COVID-19, heard that over and heard, heard that for four years. We have healthcare workers in the cow's audience, investors, they've talked about this, remember they had no PPE, matter of fact, I keep bringing this up. They keep going to get non-white nurses. That was audio report, but some of those nurses sound like they could have been victims of white supremacy. They said in the report, oh no, aging population, oh no, the baby boomers, oh no. That is a lot of crusty, racist white people. Donald Trump, Joe Biden, what was the day? Senator uh, Feinstein passed away today, 90 years old. They tell all those reports. They've been talking about her health. She had to have home care and all of that. You got all of these suspected racists. They live a long time. They finally charged somebody for Tupac's murder today. He didn't even get to 30. Dian Feinstein, 90. J. Strom Thurmond, remember, lived to be over 100. They talked about him. And they were talking about her, too. Like, damn, got all these white people living forever. Need to get some nurses can we get some of these non-white people some of these old burr heads can we get some of them trained up get them certified so they can give a bet you heard what they said too i need old sponge bath you know i don't feel fresh pat me down you know pamper me a little bit give me a little talcum powder dump my you know slop jar can't relieve myself or even better yet help me get to the bathroom you know all that and then if you 30 seconds late two seconds oh you coon you're negro see tim wise even talked about that he said this is like long time ago admitted racist tim wise he said man i got relatives white people they get old live a long time they got good benefits and health insurance and all of that they get to 85 and start losing their mind and sit dying fine start losing their mind they can't remember names and all that you know the one thing they do remember negro negro where's my prune ju- negro said that man they keep talking about all these staff shortages and all the rest any non-white person 
you're going into medicine, nursing, anything related to health care, it would have to be a serious conversation. What type of health care? What sort of job quality of life are you going to have? It's going to be some you get paid nickels, got to go on strike every other year. Race soldiers terrorizing you on the job and all the rest of it with no recourse. Man, I'm not telling anybody not to pursue medical career. We got students, cows, listeners in med school. I'm just saying it would have to be a strong look. What type of medicine do it? Do I think this COVID thing could linger around for 10 years? and We got to go through all that and they give me a garbage bag. It would be a whole lot to process, you know. Next, uh, so men got to the children again. The shutdown. What could happen? Said, oh no, we got all of these daycare centers and what have you. Now this is you know shutdown later because they're talking about dang, we got COVID pandemic funding for childcare. It's so expensive. That's another one. <clears throat> white people do not care about children I strongly no humility on this one I strongly submit if there were fewer populations of non-white people in this part of the world we would have astronomically better child care services funding all of it it would probably be the way it has been during the pandemic or exponentially better if there were fewer black people specifically in this part of the world and or fewer non-white people in total that's it you heard in the second like oh man during the pandemic they immediately all this extra money and we can do these bonuses for every pay period and invest and really get our center going having extra staff deal with some of these we got old deal in here you know might be good to get somebody hold it put that pipe on down what are you doing what's wrong with you might be good to have extra staff even Leroy and Jamal too right maybe we could get them out of the remedial classes maybe you think get them off the computer we got the uh, drink. Never mind, never mind. they say yeah, all that is. That's why we got all this conflict. We can't agree. Got to shut up. We're not funding all these dark children. Leroy, Miguel. They need to be at the chicken factory. At the crab factory. That's what y'all need. We don't need to be doing no schooling. Schooling for them. We don't do that. They said they got workers. They couldn't afford nothing. Didn't make any money. They got the little bonus and what have you for the pandemic. Got a vehicle. Now all that shit and that already behind on the vehicle pad that quickly it is super all of that super important for so many reasons I do not have children that would be another one like oh my god like what would I be doing trying to work and all this other stuff you don't have child care do you have to leave your child with Jerry Sandusky Jesus Christ you heard that so much people can't even afford the child care heard that repeatedly and there we got to balance see if we can keep it affordable got so many people can't afford it so many non-white people in particular even a lot of white people because they don't value children in this environment that would be another one unfortunately got to think about do they even have child care around here how much does it cost do we have a relative that we trust who lives close by could take care reliably take care of our child would they be interested in such a thing be a lot to process before having children 
they get to next report talking about the shutdown extensively with Everett Kelly that was the Washington Journal on C-SPAN they said man how many people are going to be impacted we don't even know hundreds of thousands that's not even talking about people in, uh, impacted indirectly by all of this not only everything they said the conflict and all of that white supremacy racism at the root of a lot of this stuff directly indirectly anyway this would be another one we keep having all these shutdowns and can't agree they talked about how this sort of thing disrupts your uh, credit rating for the country might get downgraded like oh so you got all this instability and can't pay their bills and all of that all of that chaos has a disproportionate impact on non-white people now when Everett Kelly said you know I go to federal workers and it's a long history of white people correctly or not doesn't have to be based on truth racists may think federal workers like people at the post office and that sort of thing like, oh, a lot of dark people See, Everett Kelly's a black male. They got him on CC. See, see, got all these niggers, got all these no count government jobs. That's when they do all that talk. We got all this bloat, got too many people. The government now, we got all this government overreach, and that's a lot of what that is based in. See, policies for the nigger, affirmative action, not a lie, or just hiring niggers in general. And they could be for anything, hiring them for the post office, hiring them to be the butler at the White House for anything. Like, oh, God. Oh, God. This is what, this is what my tax dollars are for. You all got to rob my check every other week and all that for this so we can have Sambo get a job and what have you. Are you serious? That sort of attitude. It was especially flagrant when Obese was in the White House and they were doing these shutdowns every other year and such. Remember all that? Anyway. They get to talking about that, Mr. Kelly, black male. And they said, so do the workers get made whole? You know, if they do have a shutdown and they start back up, they get that money back. So, well, kind of, they issue you a check. But I mean, if it's shut down, they give it to you in a lump sum. That moves you to a different tax bracket. Even that. I've been working. I do my job, whatever hours I have, whatever few nickels they give me. You shut me down, that caused whatever, you know, disruption in my life. Can I pay for child care? Can I pay for food? Can I meet my car note, mortgage, blah, 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 all that. Now we get our back pay whenever that happens. And now, oh, so now instead of my one check, you give me three checks since we missed all this time or whatever. And now I get hit again. Oh, we got to get our taxes and such, you know, make sure everybody gets all their funding. And it's like, man, come on. That would be another one I would think would disproportionately impact non-white people who have way less finances than the people who are classified as white, who can get through all that, who have other white relatives and neighbors and white strangers who can loan them a few nickels or let them borrow a car or all kinds of resources where dark people don't have that what they call safety net. Even within that uh, government shutdown report, they had people call in and say, man, we've been furloughed. We got children. It sounded like it could have been black people. I was on the phone, so I couldn't see, but could have been. Maybe, maybe not. So we've been furloughed. We got children. The daycare, if they have a shutdown, will be closed. Children will be with us, and we still got to pay for it. Wow. That is, I don't even know, is that quadruple whammy, triple whammy? Like, dang, what? The, what we been furloughed the children are here hanging out with us again and we still got to pay for it dang dang how do you make me whole on that one 
how many people end up being in situations like that shut down okay next one man oh man that's what I said this week could have just been a whole big rack of reports on workplace racism for this week I don't know what it is season change but man that report from WNYC Brian Lair uh, they had on uh, Greg David uh, I think he's classified as white and Sophia Riddle I'm not sure about it. Now, she is racially ambiguous, although I think she might be a non-white person with a white parent. I'm not sure. Uh, I have to do some more dating. But her, unlike the non-white children working to get the chicken guts up and to clean the crabs, Sophia Riddle does look racially ambiguous. I'm not sure. Greg David, I think, is a white man. But they did the investigation for the city Dot NYC. They have a lot of reports. One of them why black workers in NYC are unemployed at critical levels and what can be done about this? Apparently nothing. And they have, of course, a privileged black male on the front of this report. Now, when they went into all of that detail on WNYC, that right there, we didn't even hear all that report. I only played about 10 minutes of it. That right there. I have stated explicitly, and I've done this for about at least two years, when it comes to workplace racism, the black misandry is so flagrant. They consistently will have reports, if they do talk about racism at all, they consistently exclude black males. I talked about this through the pandemic throughout. They would have reports talking about how so-called minorities or POCs or whatever sort of lame language they would use. They would, excuse me, they would consistently only address black females non-white females in total total deliberate exclusion of black males they had tacky reports about entrepreneurs who opened up businesses it was non-white females they had tacky reports about non-white females getting scholarships to be pilots they totally excluded black males it went on and on and on and on now if NYC if they in that report that they did that came out like six months ago that's not even new they just had them on uh, WNYC public radio this week fine but if they got that data and it's nobody they said no other group no other racial group no other gender group in New York City millions of people live there nobody is hurting like black males why is that something that we got to sit around and shh or how is that true in an environment where you still have lame people with degrees PhDs, doctorates, experts, white and non-white, talking about black male privilege. How can that be? Makes sense for me. When we have people who get sassy, and I mean cows listeners who get an attitude. Gusty, I'm tired of hearing you say black male privilege. Every time is something like what we just heard. I said, hey, Set Gus T straight, worthless Negro from Virginia. You tell me when I get to say black male privilege where I have something constructive to report. Guess what I've heard? I'm awake. That's what I heard. So you give me something constructive to say. Black males are doing it. Woo! I say that until then, that's what we got with black male privilege.
Can't even point to a black male with some pri- a teaspoon of privilege. Can't even get a job in New York. New York City. We even talk about Buffalo and all the other lame places. And who heard that? Now, has anybody heard that? Dang, not black people. Not BIPOCs, the black indigenous POC. Nah, nah, nah. Not the black and brown people. Nope. Just black males. That's the same trend. It's been forever, to my knowledge, at least the last 150 years. Same people that sit around and talk about black male privilege. Black females could always get a job as a domestic, be raped by white men in the house. Negro male? Hmm. Black male privilege, 2024. They said we got a black male mayor in New York City, which is true. Eric Adams, what's he doing about this? Let me give it to you again. Black male privilege, whoopee. Lots more I could say about that one, but I mean, why, oh, wait a minute. It is one more I'm going to say about that one. Don and T-Neck. A bunch of people called in, whatever. Even had some black males called in. They're probably uh, unemployed and sitting around looking to do some crimes, looting. Don and T-Neck dialed in. What Don and T-Neck want to tell us about the unemployed, privileged black male? Don and T-Neck said, hey, hey, hey. You need to disaggregate, see. We don't just have all the same type of negras. We got negras who were born outside the states. And these folks come in here and they got a hard desire to work. Called the work ethic. Almost sound like he might be saying that we got the homegrown negras are teaspoon lazy. Shiftless. So why don't you go ahead and disaggregate? Old Brian Lair, white man, host of the show. He said, hmm, hmm, Don and T-Neck, that sounds a, uh, sounds like a stereotype. I was almost waiting to say, Don and T-Neck, you sound like a racist white supremacist. I guess we have to take as, as close as we, we, we got an old stereotype. Don and T-Neck. It could be we have lots of individuals, racists, I suspect, like old Don and T-Neck. I can pick up on an accent. I don't like the homegrown niggers, you know, come around here and know all about Al Sharpton. I like the ones who, you know, different part of the world. I hire the, the foreign negra to come in and clean up and do all that good stuff. Give me old Amadou Diallo. Give me uh, Amadou Diallo and the uh, Forgot the uh, black brother. I was just talking about him. He was uh, used the plunger on him. Anyway, name will come back to me in a second, I'm sure. Anyway, give me one of the old foreign-born negras, and we'll do right by. I don't want these old lazy U.S. negras. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Abner Lewima. There we go. Do it. Just needed 30 seconds. Anywho, then we got our last segment. Good old Elon Musk. Tesla, once again, we've had bunches of those reports over and over and over. I just saw that one yesterday. Uh, like I said, where they had the, the graffiti in the bathroom and such. I said, dang, I don't really need to play that one, but eh, 
You've heard it before. We got people in California. That's another one of those. They say, hey, we got shiftless, lazy Negro. You can come to the Tesla factory and get a job. And, you know, just have to deal with all the racism, go to the bathroom. They got Negra here and pictures of black people being lynched and all the rest of it. Yeah. Be happy you got a job. You know, could be worse. I would encourage any of the racist graffiti take pictures. If that means you're taking pictures every day, make sure you have space on your mobile device. Take pictures. Even if you want to save them until you get 50, you can take pictures every day if it's the same graffiti just to see how long they leave it up so that you can show. Bang. We started out. It's February. Look at there. Seasons change. It was snow on the ground. We still got the nigra. See? See? Seasons change. Now it's warm. See? See, Nigra's still there. Got the window open now so we can get a little breeze. Nigra's still there. Summertime. See, see, look at that. Outside, warm, late in the day. Nigra's still there. Heading in the fall. Look at that. Got the foliage in the background. Nigra's still there. Take pictures, document, because then you can do lots. You go to the lawsuit route at some point. Evidence. You want to make a report? Evidence. You wait on it for a year, what have you evidence document even if you want to contact local media that's how i found out about it you got pictures probably put you in a better standing if they decide that they want to lead with that that might catch people's attention if you got you know a really hd color image of a lynching on the bathroom stall they might put that on the evening news you know anywho uh folks have uh any thoughts suggestions for the reports that we heard if you have been impacted or suspect that you could be impacted by the government shutdown in some way shape form paycheck uh, child care whatever it is let us know the number 605-313-5164 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate, we have folks in NYC. Let us know. Does this match what you see in the area? Does it look like, dang, the privileged black male is not doing too good in the rotten apple? Like, man, does that seem like a lie? Does it seem like black people in general are struggling, males and females? What do you think? People in the NYC area, let us know. Let's see. Uh, first few folks who dialed in with a hand up line should be open proceed can I be heard Bay Area mom yes ma'am thank you greetings to you and everyone on the line um Tesla so Tesla's always been racist um, I didn't know this was their first suit, though, for racism. They've always been anti-Negro. They're just, um, there's a lot of uh, people that speak Spanish that work the warehouse stuff, and there's a lot of blacks that, you know, come in and out because it's a very hard labor, Tesla. Um, for what they, you know, hire for. They're not, they've always been. That's too bad. Um, I, I wish them well. Hopefully they get 
something for having to deal with all that on top of the heavy labor that they do. You have, you have to go to the bathroom and look at that. That's crazy. Um, and people want to work there, too, so you'll deal with that racism because they pay a lot of money. Well, a lot for, um, well, it's, a, it's hard labor. It's not worth the money, but they give you a lot of, well, they, I've never worked there, but they give the people a lot of money uh, for them to endure it, I guess, for as long as you can for things. Um, and then there was the government shutdown. Well, yeah, because we're, there's gonna, well, I think a, there's supposed to be, it's supposed to be maybe, um, Monday, um, because I know a lady, we were we were at dinner on, on Tuesday, and she said if she's all grumpy with me, it, it, it's because you, she's got to work for free because she knows the UK. And I said, well, okay, so when does this happen so I'll know when not to call you? And she said, next week, maybe, they'll see. And... Like you said, they they'll get the, 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 their money, but it's I, she didn't say that she was going to get money, um, you know, money before you know the shutdown. Um, I thought you would have to wait until it was over to get your money, and then they would pay you. But either way, it's inconvenient, and for that tax when if they're going to tax you different. It puts you in a ta- different tax bracket. That sucks. Ah, that sucks. So, uh, it sucks working for the government. Poor guys. Um, I wasn't available for a lot of the program because I'm on junk with the schools. Um, so... I'm in class. There's no, the children are suffering in class. The children are not able to, I don't know what they're doing with these children in middle school with special day only because I'm not, I don't know what's going on in uh, general ed, but just special day only. And it looks like a, a lot of these children, um, gotta be over a hundred. And um, a lot of them don't know basic stuff, and they're getting in trouble for not knowing it. So I remember the children on the program Tuesday were were talking about, um, you know, working on the computers and, you know, how they're on the computers, and then they have these tests. So they're trying to get these children, it appears to me, these children, they're trying to get them to work from these computers and be able to register the information, the questions that they're asked, and answer them. Listen to these books and stories and then answer questions about this stuff all on the computer. 
It's like they're transforming them to the computer. And they're trying to rush these children that I'm around to do this in a matter of weeks. I guess there's a deadline. And these children aren't ready for this. So they haven't been able to teach the children how to lead well enough to where, or even how to, because they have the Google to the, you know, on the, um, in the programs, they have it to where you can speak to you. So it's like text talk or something. They haven't even taught the children how to even do that. They don't understand that. Um, so it shows they have to go back to the basics. And you can see the stress, especially with me there, because I probably look like an undercover, but I look like I might file a report. So they're always tell, trying to justify why something. So um, to me, I've noticed the teachers, all of them. So there's one in particular. He looks like he's on, um, he looks like he's got a problem. Uh, um, Something's wrong already. And um, he picks on the kids. He's very rough with the kids. Um, he's not as rough with the one, the black boy that I'm with because I'm there in class every day in each one of his classes. So he doesn't get what they could give him if I wasn't there every day. And then I'm not just there, I'm there. <laughs> I'm like, he needs, okay, all right, let's do it, let's do it. So I'm just, I'm really helping him. They tried to prevent me from helping him that the way I am now. But report cards are coming out. And no, I got I to gotta help him because this spot is interfering with his, um, it, do, it creates a behavior issue if he's not able to, um, understand the work and if you can't help him understand I have to and if you don't allow me then he's going to get upset and it causes unnecessary problems so I kind of allow them to see that that's what's going to happen and um <laughs> it's it's interesting so this male gentleman he's very rough with all the children he's awful he's all I don't even understand how he's teaching it's ridiculous. Today, a child wouldn't go to class. And this is a second time this week he hasn't, wouldn't go. In this, he has been in two classes, so he missed two classes. He's hiding from this man. Last week, the same thing. Uh, this black counselor had to come in. He um, had to come in. He's like, I was like, oh, you, you. He's with you. He's like, well, I'm just trying to get him to go in class. I'm like, he doesn't want to go in class. <laughs> so uh, um, he was able, he said, I'll come and sit in there with him. So he came and sat in there with him. He was asking me, could I help him? I said, I can't really help him because they're watching me to where they only want. It's so tricky. They They don't want me helping any of the children that came there with me. When I say come, came in with me, with all I was in the classroom with nine of these children. A year before that, I had so it was actually ten, eleven. Okay, eleven. So there's eleven children from this one class that's at the school. 
and they all know me. Um, just from being in that one classroom. And I know, I know how to, I don't know, but I have, I have a rapport with these children and they're the envy of the rapport that I have with the children. And the ones with the most problems or the most resistant to them are not that way with me. And there's a, a envy somewhere with the teachers. And um, so this white male, he's so rough. And it's as if, it's as if he has no feelings. And he's very rigid. He's been being observed because of the child that I have. So he's agitated about that because people are coming in and observing. And they're not necessarily observing him. They're observing the child for whatever services. And he just can't be himself. He has to act differently when someone is in there. So right before this lady came, this black girl, She's very, um, I don't know what her disorder, I don't know what she, her disability is. Very sweet little black girl to me. She's just so sweet. And she's real, you know, very slow. But she does stuff, you know, but she moves rather slow. And she's just always smiling. And she's just so cute. So anyway, he said he had this math problem that none of us understood. It's probably like 15 kids in there. I don't know. Nobody knew what he was talking about. Maybe some of the kids that were in there the year before, the year before that may have remembered whatever he's talking about, but we still didn't know what he was talking about. So these these numbers and stuff. So he wants us to figure it out on our head, in our head. And so something, they got to figure it out. Don't write it on the whiteboard. So the little black girl, and she's the darkest in the room, um, she has a whiteboard. So she's writing on the whiteboard. She's trying to try to think because she, she probably needs to have it on the whiteboard so she can remember or know. I don't know. This man got so mad. He saw her. He looked over and saw her because she's over by me. So he's probably looking at me and saw her. And he's looking and he saw her. And he got so mad. He said, excuse me, class. He ran over there. I just, I know I don't see what I see. And he snapped that whiteboard from her hand. And he snatched that uh, marker from her hand. And he said, I said, don't use, how dare you use this? How dare you do that? Tell you not to do this. And he was so mad at her. You will see me at the class. And he slammed that thing down. And he ran over to the whiteboard and put her name in red and checked it and circled it, he was livid. So then he said, excuse me, class, now you have 30 more seconds to have 30 more seconds on thanks to somebody in the classroom. I'll give you 30 more seconds to try to figure out the problem. Excuse me. It was so rude. And so he did that to little girl. Little girl was so scared. He just, oh, my God, her whole face, she that uh, was awful. So... I was I, I was feeling a way, I don't know what way, but some emotional way, too. So today, because we're having sex ed in class, 
the little girl, the same little girl, another girl that looks like she speaks Spanish, and I, we were all in the room because we all opted out of this soft porn because that's what it is. He's so graphic. And um, he was already mad at us because I'm not going to be there <laughs> to, you know, help. So, because I have to go with um, the other child. So that was basically for the whole period. So I think that they take up for these people, these abusive people, because I don't know, they need the bodies in there. But I don't think it's okay for a child to have to hide in the hallway. One child came up to me saying, he always does this to me. He always does it. He knows I don't know how to do this stuff. And he always puts me on the spot and then puts me on the board because I don't know the answer. He always does it to me. So I'm running around sneaking, helping kids with their homework in his class because I feel bad because if it's not, if it's to do today and you're calling them out because it's not done, I should probably help them do it. So that's what I was doing. And then I think the little boy that was just saying that he always puts him on the spot. I was able to help him to where he was able to get some credit because it seems like he's not getting help at home. Maybe it could be the language barrier. They might speak a different language. I know they speak a different language. It could be that. They may not know the word, but I just don't like the way it's set up. It's it's really set up to, um, it's not set up for success. Thank you for taking my call. I'll mute myself. Much obliged. Bay Area mom. Man, 2025. You got to sneak to help a student. That's cool. Now, that is super plantational. That almost remind me of like Frederick Douglass talking about Baltimore earlier today. Like, dang, you got slaves and negros, same thing. And you don't allow them to read or learn anything like what Fred did you do you have a book what? Uh, lash him lash him 50 lashes nigger trying to read did you teach him to read oh uh, 70 lashes teaching nigger to read punishment right here right now sneaking and the school year just started too <laughs> Dang. like I mean it's not even funny but the school year just started we have not been in class for, you know, a semester, five weeks. My reputation should not be this bad days into the new school year. But it did seem like Bay Area mom was telling us they kind of walked into that. I heard about you. Oh, yeah, Lakeisha. I heard all about you skipping fifth grade. What does skipping mean? Ah, try and be cute. Got my eye on you. I was 10 I didn't even <laughs> what's going on here like man when you play around with sex the joke is on the offspring period now she gave us before we got to the school report uh, she said Tesla that's what I said you know we got people in California and all that good stuff with the Tesla, we've heard that before with a lot of these like Amazon and some of these other uh, delivery jobs where they've also been striking and trying to get better work conditions uh, where they have these really grueling 
work assignments. Got to be moving heavy parts and quickly heard that before. Same thing with Amazon and some of these other warehouse jobs where you don't even get bathroom breaks. You know, better have a, a liter and a half empty water bottle next to your workstation or what have you and hope that they give you 30 seconds, have you some sanitizing wipes and that you can aim straight, you know, because we don't have time for you to be running to the bathroom or nothing else. We get chop chop. Let's go. That's another one she said too. All that demand and wear and tear on your body. Same type of thing that we heard with Amazon where you got to be doing really grueling work and climbing ladders and could fall and picking up stuff and all this and moving it around. Same thing. No bathroom breaks. All the rest of it. They said some of those uh, warehouse type jobs and things in California in particular it's not a cool environment. Now summer is ending for some places although California maybe not. Especially Southern California man like they were talking about the temperature in some of those warehouses like 100 degrees 110 degrees like oh god man but few options they said that don't have options you heard that too they will pay need a job don't you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. got child care bills right she said the folks at school getting back to that now you got folks who are getting in trouble at school because of what they don't know now again the school year just started now if this was December January, February eh, even November and you got Leroy and we've gone over this months and months and he's recalcitrant not going to do the assignment all of that break my you know device my tablet and all that I just break it I'm not going to do that you give me something to write with I break that ah, that's something different but we just got here we literally just got here. School. I don't even know the teacher's name good. I'm still trying to get that memorized. Where's my next class at? I'm trying to get all that together. I know that was me in the first month of school. Dang. I haven't even been to this building before. I don't even know these people. Mate, that, 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 you should have known this. Punishment. She says she got the little dark skin, black female. He just fussed at her perennially and then keep an eye out. I know this nigger woman staff is not going around here trying to sneak and help this little black girl like what cheating and giving her the other I'm gonna keep my eye on both of you all now even that sort of thing like now really really you look at all the staff like that it's just assumed that she's trying to cheat I'm gonna wait till the teacher turns his back writes something down or goes to work with another student and then oh, oh, number one five number two sixteen number three four <laughs> and just give them like come on come on now that whole outburst and everything that she's told us about a whole bunch of times where they've got people that are teaching a variety of different classes where they get an attitude, start yelling at students and all that set up for failure type of thing that we've heard about a number of times. My gosh. I told you. I don't even know what that is. Now, hey, I'm not an educator, so who knows what the person's plan were. Maybe he had it all you know, worked out in his head make a whole crop of geniuses maybe so but I have not heard that especially for really young students like 10, 11, 12 something like that where they are not really solid on all the concepts they're still learning where it's don't write it down just do it in your head like it was the exact opposite for us write it down show your steps to see how you are processing thinking to solve this problem in a logical manner we want to see all that that way we can see if you make any errors maybe it's not done that way anymore you know but dang, <laughs> I mean, looking over there, what, what? 
Are you using the tablet? I told you. Like, are you serious? I'm 10. I'm 11. We just got here. What is all that for? If I had robbed somebody, stole the tablet, cursed somebody, I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Then, then, then you go ahead and stick foot in, you know, 11 year old's hind parts, you know. But dang, just, <laughs> I didn't follow this direction, or maybe I didn't hear it right, or whatever. And that's, oh my God, I can't believe it. You did. I'd be scared of this. And I'm like, it's probably both of y'all. Got this nigga woman staff over here. I hate her too. Nigga girl over here. Both of y'all cheating together. Ugh. And see, have to hear that every week where they're mad. She's working with this dude. Yes, yes, she is. She already knows Leroy. She already knows Jamal. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on her. Mm-hmm. Don't you talk to her. Mm-hmm. Remember she told, told us that one before? She's out in the hallway. School just started. She's out in the hallway as opposed to, oh my God, a familiar face. Ooh, Lord, I hate this place. They keep banishing me out to the backdrop. Lord Jesus, you doing all right? Ooh, thank God I see you. I'm going to have to come back and see you tomorrow, too. Hope I get through it. Lord Jesus, I don't know if I'm going to get to 12. No, no, no. Don't you talk to her. Keep it moving, Buster. I see you. I thought they were going to banish her to the blacktop. Didn't she say that before? When they were having the heat waves and all that, when it was like 5,000 degrees and people were passing out and everything, that was the punishment. Not paying attention to class, whatever, banished. Go to the blacktop, Jamal. See if you get it together and you stand outside for a few minutes. When you play around with sex, the joke is on the offspring. After he yelled, screamed at black female and the black stab, both of y'all, really. Uh, after he gets done with that, and so you go and, and find the black man. I said, what? Leroy, you messed that up again, didn't you? Now, frequently, if a teacher sees we got a recurring problem, maybe some extra help. Let's get Leroy. We're going to sit down. We'll do a few together and see where you're going off the tracks. Metaphor. See if we can't get all this correct. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Don't do it that That's old school. Don't do it that way. Nah, nah. Punitive action must be taken, Leroy. You've messed it up again. That's the third time this week. Punishment. Blacktop for you two. <laughs> Dang. Dang. And Leroy apparently has figured it out. Like, man, he set me up a failure. He knows I don't know how to do this. And he just waits to punish me every day. That's what I mean about it's no shield, man. If you got offspring, their brain computer is probably working. They can see that at minimum, I know what's happening to me. I go to class every day and they put me out on the blacktop, man. They don't do the white people like that, like, man. Something is going on. Got to talk to him. Really talk to him. Honestly, you can talk to him honestly about all of this when they are in an alternative program. They are being homeschooled or whatever. You have a neighborhood school for non-white children, victims of racism or something like that. Man, you can be telling them about all the racist things that happened to you when you were in school. Their grandparents when they were in school neighborhood children that they know right now he talked about man I talked to little you know Asada I talked to her parents the other day and oh my lord they banished her to the blacktop and everything what really banished wow oh my god I see why you didn't put me in school 
Yes, little Leroy, yes. Talk to your children. Honestly, she mentioned we had the program uh, Tuesday. We had young uh, non-white children on the broadcast. was amazing. Uh, thanks to all of the attempted parents who had their children here, even had some of the parents hopped in on the line to share some of their thoughts. Uh, Bay Area scholar, uh, her young uh, genius child was with us and talking about the wackiness that he had to experience uh, while he was in college. Like, man, uh Definitely worth a listen, but that right there is why it is mandatory. I wouldn't care if they're six, seven, eight, ten, eighteen. You have to be talking to your children about white supremacy racism. Mandatory. They can understand plenty. They got eyeballs, they can even if they don't have eyeballs, they can understand. Any hoodles. Much obliged, Bay Area Mom. Number again. 605-313-5164 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate the email until justice at gmail dot com now if we have folks if you uh, suspect that you could be impacted by the shutdown or what have you uh, let us know what's happening with all that and again if we have any folks in the uh, New York City area did we hear something that was truthful from what you've seen if you're in that area does it look like black dudes are having a tough time getting a job and all that labor is really putting them on them uh, for the folks who are in the NYC area or does that seem like it is not true Maybe black people in total struggling or non-white people in total struggling. Or maybe you do see black male privilege. Eric Adams is doing right by his black brothers. Let us know. Let's see. Other folks who dialed in with a hand up, you have commentary to share. Line should be open. May I be heard? Greetings, Lauren. Yes, ma'am. Um, yes, sir. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for allowing me to speak. Um, that beginning segment where they were talking about Kaiser Permanente employees possibly going on strike, I thought, you know, that was interesting. And I think that that sort of problem is pretty widespread, especially in um, medical um, fields. Uh, I know several people who are pharmacists and they're having difficulties, um, uh, you know, CVS and Walgreens, they're talking about walking out. So not like an official strike, but walking out because of their working conditions and how unsafe they are. Um, the, the government shutdown. You know, that could happen pretty soon. That that would affect me. Uh, so, you know, I'm pretty worried about that. I, I took two weeks of leave, um, you know, and I thought, you know, I'll use this time, be able to relax. You know, I'm not going to be getting any racist mistreatment. You know, I should have knew that wasn't going to be true. Um, on Wednesday, my uh, white woman boss called me on the phone 
and, you know, was harassing me, asking me why I wasn't at a meeting. And I was like, hey, you know, I am on leave. And she goes, no, you're not. You know, I'm like, well, yeah, I'm on leave. She tells me repeatedly that I wasn't on leave. I had to go send this lady an email, you know, with the leave request that she approved, you know, to prove I'm on leave. This is ridiculous. Um, yeah. Um, 25% of black males being, you know, unemployed in New York City, I think they call it like out of work and out of school, that that number is astronomical. And I wonder if it's actually higher because there's lots of black, you know, people who are unemployed that sometimes don't get counted in the unemployment numbers because they're not actively looking for work anymore. They've been looking for so long they've just given up. Oh, and about the government shutdown, when they asked um, that male how many people were going to be infected by, uh, affected by that, it's 2 million federal employees. And, you know, um, and I think, well, like senators and congressmen, they still get paid if the government shuts down the president. But, you know, I think pretty much everyone else is just not going to get paid. Even, um, you know, air traffic controllers, essential personnel, they still have to go to work. But, again, they – no payment um, until later. So that really, it harms people a lot. You know, they act like it's not a big deal. We'll give you the money back, but it's not like they put interest on it or extra. It's, I don't know, it's pretty stressful. Um, and also I have a question for a Bay Area mom. Y'all talk about the parking lot all the time. I thought the parking lot was like figurative speech. I did not think it was literal. I thought it was something they were doing, like they'll write the kids' names on the chalkboard, you're in the parking lot. So I guess I'm really wondering, like, is that literal or is it figurative? That's my question for Bay Area Mom, and that's all I have right now. That ain't no metaphor, man. She told us they banished them out there to the smoldering asphalt. Sit out there until you pass out. Now, did we hear that wrong, Bay Area Mom? Are they really putting footing hind parts and get out there until we let you come back inside or is that a metaphor type thing? Um, no. So the parking lot is the one white male and he puts the kids on the board and takes away your fifteen minutes of your lunch. Um what the the led well the lady teacher is putting us outside. Now we're going outside in the back and that's been for the past couple of weeks. We we have to go outside in the back when she can't control the classroom, and it's hot out there. So um, I'll meet my staff. Thank you for the clarification. So we got two, the white male. He does the embarrassment, which I do think is important because they do have. Uh, when I say they, people unlike myself, who study education and all of that there's growing research like that is totally lame and ineffective to just be humiliating and shaming children no anybody really but you're like oh that's it i'm putting your name on the board you didn't do it. look at that class look at that Ooh, she doesn't know nothing you gonna miss your lunch today Ooh, like that is not constructive at all she said you had children who were sitting out there like oh i don't even want to go to class i'm hot that's the sec- second time this week that's the second time since saturday in fact we heard the children on the compensatory call, they were in California. Or they used to be. The mom moved them to Georgia after racism in the school. She said, and her advocates, they said, 
these little black boys, they were getting up. They could have been girls. It doesn't matter. But my children, they were getting up to go to school. Guess I'll get ready to go to hell. I just talked about this weekend. I said I felt some type of way about even putting that in there because I put a sound clip in to emphasize that. And then after they explained everything, I was like, dang, they were trying to blow up the school. They were trying to shoot the black. And they said black children specifically. Bay Area mom had told us weeks before, like, yep, stuck out on the asphalt. This was back when it was summer official. Smoke rising up on the ground and they got us stuck outside. Remember the time she had told us before she had the little non-white child. He like getting the compost and making sure that they did the trash appropriately. Locked them outside. Saw them out there cleaning the hand. Niggers. Mm. Play around with sex. The joke is on the offspring. Have your child out on the asphalt. You, it might even wait till it gets cold. Same thing. Better get your coat, Jamal. Know what you got to do. Like, no, it's 20 degrees. I said, should have been paying attention. Man, how, and what's the educational value of that? Sitting outside, what am I learning? Anyway, the shutdown uh, component, the original component of what uh, Lauren shared, and she said, now this all context, the vindictive white woman, way back. She was telling us all this when the shutdown, we were just, she said, I got a four day work week. We said then, vindictive white woman. What? They let, who let this nigga woman get a four day work week? Said then, she just sit around every, that's what she did today. That nigga woman is still doing a four day work week. I'm going, we're going to do it. We're going to do I'm sabotaging everything. And then nigga woman didn't just take a four day work week. This nigga woman, I said that at the beginning of the day, I didn't even know Lauren was going to call in. I said that you get to take your days off. We're coming on the end of the calendar year. Lots of people, they got time off, personal days, sick days, whatever it is. For some of that stuff, if you don't use it by the time December ends, you lose it. I just said that you got to start putting that in. I said you put your time off in. They don't do that. They don't nag you. What are you doing? Are you playing hooky today? I'm writing you up right now. No, 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 no. Like, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, 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 I put in my leave notice. A mother. No, you didn't. You are lying. I'm calling the CEO right now. In fact, I'm giving you 30 minutes to get your Negro behind in this office right now. Or I'm writing you like, whoa, whoa, what? Now, what were we just talking about with the children? humiliate you lie might even do that sort of thing on speakerphone in front of the whole wait till I get this nigga who does she think she is uppity I hate an uppity coon she said you sign and we've had how many times have we had that one white woman or white man some white dude in a workplace they signed your form to get the day off. This is not something where you had to go to the CEO or somebody who's on the 45th floor. You all work on the third floor. What? What? When did you submit this form? I never even saw it. When did Pete? No, man. You signed the form. You sent it back to me. What do you mean? You don't know. 
prior to my understanding of white supremacy racism I may not have thought of that as an act of racism deliberate no less now I say that's the sort of thing you should be prepared for you take a vacation you put it in advance anything like that you should be prepared the days leading up to when it's time for you to take that vacation they might they might even do it extra tacky wait till the last five minutes and then come in whammo super emergency you can't take that five days off like what I just put it you don't count on Monday don't bother coming back at all they'll do that sort of thing mess you up or what we heard from Lauren you get your vacation they don't say anything Oh, you got your big, okay, we'll see you in two weeks. Have a great time. Send us some photographs. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. All that. Okay, okay, okay. Monday comes. First thing. Oh, you think you can come in for a day? Have you left yet? Oh, do you think? Oh, okay, 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 okay. And they nag and email. Oh, do you think you could do this? We got a Zoom to you. That doesn't get any better than tacky she said ridiculous that's only one of the slight slight victims guaranteed qualified of course it's not my vacation that's being ruined or time off being ruined but I think Dr. Welsing might say it's not ridiculous that is deliberate willful intentional racism white supremacy and I told you she sat around today what I got in store for next week I'm gonna get her I'm gonna get a nigga. I gotta come in on Friday. She's sitting at home, chilling, and got two. Oh God, I'm a killer. I'm a killer. Oh yeah, we gonna get her right now. Might even get some help. Do some unjust networking. See if I can get some help. Make up some more lies on her. System of white supremacy, racism, man. The I've said that for years. Nothing more dangerous. Vindictive white person in the office frequently these vindictive white women now even that part about the shutdown that's important too because like I said you probably do have a lot of non-white people classified as black and otherwise who in these sort of situations where it's like dang are they going to suspend our money are we going to get paid are we going to get furloughed do we have child care and all that even uh, Everett Kelly said that when he was talking uh, about the potential impact, she said, this could be millions of people. Stop, you know, soft peddling. Uh, he said, the stress of all of this. They've been talking about this for a while now. You got to be sitting up there biting your nail. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What's going to happen on Monday? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then you got to go through this every other year or whatever. When they get mad, they upset, obese in the White House or whatever, and they mad. Come on, she said they don't put interest on all this if they have a delay in your check. And then, same thing Mr. Kelly said, when they do give you that back pay, now they pile it all up in one check and hit you with the tax end of it. Like, dang. Something to think about, I guess, for people who do uh, federal work and what have something to think about. Like, man, are these shutdowns? Is this going to be something I have to deal with literally every other, you know, year? Jesus. Ugh. Have to factor that in if I'm gonna keep this job. I have to get my little squirrel away. Man, that's why Mr. Fuller talks about that. Doesn't matter how much you make, savings mode. As long as we're in a system of racism, white supremacy, savings mode. I'm not. 
out here spending extravagantly and racking up all these bills and such. We are in a system of white supremacy racism. And that is one thing race soldiers love. Keep us in a state of turbulence and confusion. Am I going to be able to feed myself? Am I going to be able to keep a roof over my head? Am I going to be able to take care of my children? Oh my God. They love that. When, when you got that type of stress on your brain, it is a lot more difficult to seriously focus on replacing white supremacy with justice. White people know this. That's why Fuller has it in the code book. Valuing survival more than justice. That's where we've made an error. He talked about that and racists push us to that decision. Yes, survival. Yeah, you don't even know if you're going to get a paycheck. Mm hmm. Much obliged to Lauren. Uh, mental health, too. So important, really, for both of those, because uh, Bay Area mom having some race soldier uh, educator just sit up there and yell at you and be nasty and belligerent just because you want to help black children. Like, dang, she said the children uh, the feeling scared and intimidated. I would be, too, if I was staffed. Like, dang, it's up there yelling at both of them. Like, Jesus Christ. Mental health. Uh, you have those sort of. Uh, situations in the workplace which is all of us you have those sort of situations try to do the best that you can to replenish and what I mean by that doing things that are helpful for you you have some sort of toxic situation they will encourage us to you know go get a six pack or go to happy hour that's what I don't think that's constructive you know my view before it gets too cold you still go hiking you can go swimming do some yoga, get a walk in. If you have non-white people, victims of racism, you have constructive contact with. Y'all can go do some, go cook, make some healthy food together, eat, talk constructively, whatever things that you enjoy that kind of replenish uh, your life force after some sort of really traumatic episode. Do that. Very important, and for all of us to kind of work out. Uh, healthy outlets uh, to manage all of the stress of white supremacy racism and even share with the young people because Jesus Christ man all of it being banished to the the blacktop have my name put on the board like I'm some kind of dunce and class buffoon or whatever all of that like man I am not exactly what I am not feeling this place at all I am going to hell and the school year just started Jesus Christ I got nine more months of hell or however long you know whenever the school year is Anywho, uh, much obliged, uh, Lauren, Barry and Mom, for the answer. Number again, 605-313-5164, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate not for spectators again if we have uh, any folks in the NYC area does that sound goofy to you in terms of what they said about black male unemployment specifically not in school not trying to get a job just privileged let us know we got folks who seen that incidentally I was reminded of Jessica Pettit suspected racist she was a guest on the program in 2014 she wrote the book Invisible Men nonfiction. It is about exactly what Lauren just said. Like, dang, 
I speculate that that number that they gave about approximately 25% of the black males in New York are not working, not in school. That number could be higher. That's what her whole book is about. Invisible men that you have an astronomical population of black males just in the U S who are not counted because either they're in greater confinement or they're unhoused or something else where they are not valued. So people don't really make much of an effort to go and include them in these sort of surveys. So you have a huge population of very poor black males who probably also are unemployed or underemployed, not in school who are not even counted. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if that number is not just a little bit hot, like way higher than 25%. Invisible Men, Jessica Pettit in the archives. You can get the book as well if you are interested. Uh, Let's see. I'll get an email in uh, and then see if other folks have commentary to share. Email untiljustice at gmail.com Email number one. Uh, Hi Gus, audience and callers. It's been so tough on the plantation that I couldn't muster up the emotional strength to write into the cows, but listening to this, hey, the children again, the children were amazing. Can't say that enough. Like, wow, I am a uh, worthless Negro from Virginia. So <laughs> I've said for years uh, and an uncouth misanthrope, not a people person at all. But wow, it was quite inspiring to hear from all of the uh, little folks this past uh, Tuesday. Wow, it was absolutely amazing, although it was not exactly the most, uh, what shall I say, uh, fun subject matter, uh, hearing how they were being mistreated and denied help. Some of the same things we've heard today, Um, hearing all of that and having to deal with COVID-19 and all that over the past four years or so. uh, It was quite inspiring to hear how resilient they were and using being honest, not pussyfoot and being honest about what was happening to them at all ages, 10 all the way up to 20. So much obliged again for them hanging out on Tuesday. Hopefully it was worthy of their time too. I'll start that paragraph again. Uh, It's been so tough on the plantation that I couldn't muster up the emotional strength to write into the cows. But listening to this week's children's broadcast motivated me to do my part. They are all phenomenal and inspirational. Say it twice. Special round of applause to the Bay Area scholar Summa Cum Laude. There's been some good news. The racist ex-manager leaves the organization next week. Cha-ching. Which is great. Good riddance to the trashy, tacky, terroristic heifer. However, my director is annoying. He didn't employ her or advocate for her to get another role in the organization, yet is pretty much forcing, strongly encouraging everyone to be in the the office on Monday to wish her well. Oh, I hate those. I don't know if they're doing like a big party or whatever, but oh, Jesus Christ, I hate those. <laughs> we had people with those because then they try and uh, strong arm you like, hey, Susan's leaving. We're all going to chip in $50 to get her a gym. And like, what the hell? $50? <laughs> what? They don't even pay me. We're about to have a shutdown. What do you mean $50 to get her? Well, you know, we love Susan and she's talking about how she wants to get in shape and everything and winter's coming up she wants to make sure she doesn't put on any extra pounds so we don't chip in and beg pardon got choked we don't chip in get her old gym membership maybe even get her an outfit to boot so if you got fifty dollars you can get like what 
I'm not chipping in fifty dollars. I'm not signing a card. Like, I'm as a matter of fact, I don't even want to come and have a piece of cake. Like, I'm cool. I'm dying myself. How about that? And they get an attitude like, what? Hmm. Oh, sassy, selfish Negro. You don't even want to be a team player. Kelly has been, or Susan has been, so wonderful and warm and invited. What? What are you talking about? I'm guy. I wouldn't even make a big deal about it because we've had a number of folks who talked about this where they come around and get real nasty demand we'll ask like four and five times you can give us and i'm not even being uh joking because it'll be a high figure like 50 dollars, 25 i think like 25 especially for a white co-worker jesus christ 25 dollars, 50 dollars, something like that like man i'm not giving a pecan you can ask today tomorrow next week no thank you and you can be courteous about it too you're not being nasty but no thank you Oh, are you sure everybody's pitching? No, thank you. I wish her the best. I'm sure she'll do great. No, thank I wouldn't even be ashamed. I'm bro. I'm hurt. Man, you see the government shut down. Oh, my God. They got pampers, gas. I'm struggling. You got $5 I can borrow? No shame at all. I'm struggling. That's true, too. If I'm a victim of white supremacy, I wouldn't care if you're a billionaire. You are struggling. Continuing. Uh, so they sent her all the plan, uh, emails. They got the office party on Monday to wish her well. He sent four. What I just say? four emails they don't send four emails about nothing you get a raise anything they are not sending you four emails to double check but let me get that 50 you 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 didn't get that 50 you 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 sure you're not gonna give the 50 like come on man come on uh i wasn't planning to go but i will find it hard to make an excuse given i live in the same city and she was my manager for over a year were also required to be in the office two days a week. He's been quite supportive of me recently, so I'll go and try to keep in his good books. She will not be hearing any kind words from me, though. I've signed the card, and that's that. I think that is uh, excellent counter-racist logic as well. If you know, I don't go to this party. I don't have to eat anything or what have you, but I at least got to go hang out for 30 minutes. If I totally blow them off, oh, buddy the repercussions we've had that before and they have those little tacky get togethers all that ugh, all that end of the year stuff is coming up the Christmas parties and Thanksgiving they probably even get ready for Halloween too uh, if you know there will be a penalty for you maybe not the other people but for you codified that's the way we talk about all that stuff anyway fine I'll go she said I'm not putting in any money I'll sign the card maybe and I'll show my face for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, especially if this is an on the clock type of thing. Like five minutes. Hey, now you know nice everybody. Okay, good to see you. I'm sure you'll do great things. Don't be a stranger. Okay, gotta go. Not hanging out all day. I'm definitely not eating. Even if it's my part. Fuller said that they threw him a party. He had worked for the federal government. I wonder how many shutdowns Fuller had to go through. He worked there for like three decades. Anyway, they had white presidents when he was there, so maybe they didn't have that that frequently. Uh, but he said they threw him a big shindig uh, on his last day when he was about to retire. He said he did that. He did the same thing. I'm telling y'all. Like, what? What? WTH, man. Like, uh, I'm good. Say, oh, fellow, we got you again. Man. I'm going back there. <laughs> he, said he, he said he just went and looked at everybody real strange. Like, eh. Uh, Still learning. I'll talk to you. <laughs> They might try and get you on the way out, poison the cake or, you know, whatever. Laxative in the cake, who knows? All right, she continues. I previously 
wrote about the high profile project I was working on. The racist suspect white male manager who I worked with on the project was replaced by a non white, non black Asian male who is suffering from extreme anti blackness. Yikes. Before the project moved to another team, the racist suspect manager was expecting to lead the project and brought in a racist suspect female who joined the team on the 21st of August this year. The role I was doing was advertised and I was encouraged to, to apply. The racist suspect female also intended to apply. The week before the role was advertised, I had serious IT problems which lasted for two weeks. Hmm. Maybe if we didn't have old no count privileged black male non Clemson dad, maybe if he was not a regular participant, I wouldn't think this way. You know, I've been jaded in my years. Old uh, privileged non Clemson dad said that, hey, you know, I had my computer. I come in, I do my work trying to be constructive. I don't horse around trying to rape white women, even though I get accused of that frequently, but I come in and try and do hard work. Said I was having my computer, it kept crashing on me. I was messing up and losing a lot of time and energy. I go to the IT people, hey, do you all my computer? Ah, You're probably messing up, get on out of here. And they go check it and they leave and it still messes up. He said finally after years of this got an old black IT dude and he comes in he says dang immediately this wasn't no he had to root around and dig and study for five hours he comes and says dang black brother uh, looks like they haven't updated your computer since Obama was in the White House literally he said dang it's been that many years yep he said all those funky crashes and stalls and times I had to start whole projects all over again dang you think this is what it, yep that's what was causing it yep didn't update your computer Hmm, I wonder what the white IT people were doing when they should have been updating my computer. Hmm. 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 If I didn't know about that, I'd probably think, eh, maybe she messed it up or something. Maybe, maybe she was in there drinking some old high fructose corn syrup and then, you know, just ain't gonna tell us about that. She shamed, you know. She spilled it on the computer, and that's what's causing all this. No, 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 no. Usual suspects. Two weeks of IT problems right at the deadline to apply. What a coincidence. It was a network issue that didn't affect everyone. What a coincidence. Just people on a specific server. I had problems joining online meetings, trouble accessing emails and documents, whether I was working from home or physically in the office. How bizarre. I kept my line manager, the non-white black female and the non-white, non-black Asian, Asian male project manager informed and responded to emails and messages as soon as I could. Everyone works hybrid, so I stayed at home for most of the period. The non-white black female understood and was fine. However, the Asian male decided that he would use the IT issues as an excuse to exclude me from the project, although I suspect he would have found another reason eventually as I was seen by senior managers as essential to the project 
and he was threatened by that. He started communicating directly with the racist suspect white female. On the days that my IT was working, I got the sense that his demeanor towards me was negative. The non-white black manager also kept asking me questions about the IT problems and what I was doing to resolve it. At first, I didn't think too much about it, but did think it was strange as I had kept her informed and ultimately, I'm not responsible for solving IT problems. Hmm. She also kept asking if I was okay, which made me uneasy. She also said she would be making more time to meet with me as she hadn't been checking in enough because I was working for another manager on the high profile project, which she realized was not okay. I didn't feel neglected, so I was wondering why she was raising it, but kept thought to myself. As the days progressed and the IT problems continued, the Asian male stopped communicating with me and I was receiving instructions from the racist suspect female who is the same level as I am and not my manager. As I mentioned, she joined the team on the 21st August. The IT problems were intermittent as the IT technicians worked on the fault. On Monday the 4th, things seemed to be resolved. The following day, we were due to present the project at a board meeting at 11 a.m. Okay, at 10.30 a.m., the racist suspect female messaged me to say she would be presenting. I expected the Asian male would be and asked me to take notes. I was fuming and glad I was at home at the time. Bear in mind, she was presenting my work, all caps. I kept calm. Bravo. I kept calm agreed to take notes, and considered how and when I would address the matter with the Asian male. Up until that point, he was very pointed in telling me that he wanted both me and the racist suspect female to work on various tasks that were required, ensuring that I was including her even though I wasn't excluding her, yet it was fine to put her forward at the board meeting. The board meeting was canceled, so she didn't get to present in the end, which I was glad about. Later that afternoon, the three of us were having a Zoom call, but the IT problem started again. The Asian male wasn't on the call at the start uh, because he was held up in another meeting. By the time he re- by the time I rejoined, he had joined the meeting. I overheard the racist suspect female telling him about my IT problems. She didn't realize I had rejoined as I kept my camera off. I could hear the negative tone in her voice as she explained to him what happened. Then she stopped as she realized I was on the call. I pretended I didn't notice. I was then kicked off the call another three times as the connection kept failing. So they both witnessed the problem. Yet the Asian male went to my manager and pretty much accused me of lying about the IT problems. I didn't find out, didn't find this out until Friday. However, on Wednesday, I received an email from the racist suspect female asking me to populate a PowerPoint presentation template she created asking me to set out the plan for how the project would be delivered, essentially positioning herself as my manager and the lead on the project. Up until that point, she had access to the work I had already done, which she was presenting as her own, but doesn't have the knowledge or competence to set out the plan. It disturbed me 
that the Asian male was allowing this to happen as she had copied him in, particularly as he was quite pointed about me including her. She also suggested we meet on Wednesday to work on the plan, which was the purpose of the meeting on Tuesday, but the IT problems got in the way. She also mentioned a draft of the plan that she said I had saved on my personal drive. Nah, I mean, really. Really. Oh, see, all those lame accusations, that sort of thing right there, like, please, this day and age with all of the technology and conflicts over intellectual property and all the rest of it, like, there is no way. And we talked about this in detail before because they have technology and things now you download a document file pdf whatever onto your personal phone device whatever it is we've had people where they decide to terminate you now i'm going through your phone now i got to get access to that and make sure things are deleted and or sometimes they just used remote technology wipe the whole drive even on your you know personal items and all that sort of thing so I am an enormous advocate. No way. Nothing work related is on my personal device. If you need text and all of this, give me a phone. I'm not nothing work related is on anything personal of mine. If I'm supposed to have a computer to do all this and be at home or whatever, you should give me a device. I'm not doing anything on my personal property. So there's no you got to go and get on this and make sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, personal drive. I know she had a copy because the racist suspect white male mentioned it in his handover meeting but it was not complete and out of date so of very little use to her I thought it was time to set her straight about how she was engaging with me so I replied to her and attached a copy of the out of date plan apologizing as I thought she already had a copy I said I was happy for her to use it to populate the template she designed I also put a meeting in the diary for the following Wednesday when hopefully the IT problems would be resolved for good. The reason I pushed it into the following week was because she wasn't around on the Wednesday of that week. I was planning to use Thursday to work on my job application, which I didn't tell her about, but did let them both know I was not available on Thursday. She doesn't work on a Friday. I was also taking leave on Monday and Tuesday. I'll be honest, I was also stalling her. The deadline for the job application was Friday. I realized if they both got me to do the project plan, he would definitely give the, her the position. The Asian male also doesn't understand what is required to deliver the project. I sent the email and the invite for the following week. The Asian male accepted it. However, Thursday morning, I received an email and a meeting invite from the uh, racist suspect white woman telling me that we needed to meet that day disregarding the invite and me saying I wasn't available that day. She also asked me to call in on my mobile, see there, copying in the Asian mail. I ignored her and didn't attend. I don't report to her and there's no way I was going to allow her or him to handle me that way. My IT was fine that day. I had a meeting at 10 a.m. with my non-white black manager. This was when she kept asking about the IT problems and the steps that I had taken to resolve it. She mentioned that another racist suspect female who I had previously worked with on the project had asked my manager about my IT problems. She manages the racist suspect female who works on the project alongside me. I asked why and how she even knew about it given she had returned from leave the day before. I asked if she was experiencing the same problem. 
I knew that wasn't the reason she mentioned my IT to my manager. Turns out the racist suspect white female had mentioned the problem to her manager claiming to be concerned and wondering if anything could be done. I said nothing but noted the deviousness and character assassination taking place. My then mentioned having regular meetings with me which made me uneasy because it felt like I was being cross-examined and under surveillance which we are. We talked about my applying for the role. I was having doubts about applying due to how I was being treated and concerns about how the Asian male was behaving but kept those thoughts to myself. I spent the rest of the day working on my application and had a lunchtime meeting with my mentor so I disconnected from my Wi-Fi so that I wasn't interrupted. I was in the office that day but in a quiet part of the building where no one could find me. The Asian male called me at 2 p.m. but obviously didn't get through. I saw his message the following day, Friday. Either the racist suspect female had got him to call me or he didn't like my response to her. He messaged later that morning and asked me to pick up some tasks. I said yes. Turns out he wanted me to save documents I worked on before they both joined the project in a new folder he set up on the shared drive. Information I had already sent to them. So basically administration work. He also asked me to save anything else that I had produced while working on the project. All very suspect and almost making me feel like a criminal. I said I would and that was that until a request came through for another board presentation. He asked me to pick up the request and for a meeting. I said I was okay to meet at 3 p.m. Half an hour later, my non-white black manager messaged me to say the Asian male had been looking for me and couldn't get a hold of me. I replied we'd been in contact and were meeting at 3 p.m. Obviously, he was reporting me as AWOL. Again, treating me like a criminal. This is exactly the sort of thing uh, Nairobi Thompson talks about in uh, Almost British Revisited. She was a guest on the program several times right at the beginning of the year but this sort of thing where they did it's sabotage I mean you just want to be simple about it but deliberate willful sabotage always lying and it's really the same thing with those students always trying to humiliate you in front of your co-workers colleagues other students you know other students in the classroom and such always oh she's late oh she doesn't know what she's doing oh she wasn't here oh she didn't come in today oh she didn't tell us where she was going to be she's not reliable and she's lying about these computer problems and she's not making it but it's just all it goes all over the building they probably did the same thing with uh non-clemson dads we got this whole shiftless nigra in here lying wasting all this time it takes him 20 or twice three times the amount of time that it takes other people to get a project completed I said, well, yeah, I guess so. Their computer doesn't shut down halfway in the middle of working. You have to start all the wo- all over from scratch. That sort of thing. Very common. Nairobi Thompson, she talked about this in detail. You're having all of these difficulties that is way beyond your control. I've been working the IT department, man. Where are they at? Why don't you get them over here? What's going on, man? Chop, chop. Get this finished, man. Does she need a new computer? Chop, chop. That sort of thing. The way they're individuals classified as white in a workplace setting will consistently bring up a so-called problem. Sometimes it's not even that, but they'll bring up a so-called problem with a non-white worker. They have no intention at all of helping to get that problem solved. This is not about what assistance, what aid can we offer to this person to help them out. This is just totally character assassination, sabotage. We got no shiftless, no count nigger who doesn't know what they're doing. Let's see if we can get them fired. That type of a thing. At minimum, have it so that everybody in the building, even the janitorial staff, 
thinks they are no count, ignorant, stupid, shouldn't even be here. Same thing we heard at the school. Uh, treating her like a criminal. Same thing we heard at the school. I was actually working on my application with the help of my director who had given me useful feedback that morning and he was obviously happy for me to be working on my application. I met with the Asian male at 3 p.m. He made a dig about the 3 p.m. time for the meeting and said I shouldn't worry that I wouldn't be able to get much done and that he and the racist suspect female would finish off. I ignored him. He also let me know he'd spoken to my manager about my IT issues. At that point, I felt I needed to ask my manager what was going on. So I called her. Turns out the treacherous white female told her manager that she was concerned about my IT and that the Asian male was excluding me from the project. He had set up a team chat when he first started on the project, but instead was directly messaging the white female. She told her manager that she did not think it was fair on me. My manager told me that was the reason she was asking me questions the day before and the reason for her putting more regular catch-ups in the diary. She was glad I had called to speak to her because she was concerned. I told her I was having second thoughts about applying for the role, but she encouraged me to still apply. She told me she and my director were aware of the situation and were preparing other work for me just in case. The not my non-white black manager also doesn't think much of the Asian male or how he is behaving. He was also off with her when they met. Turns out the other managers who have to work with him are uneasy about him. Hmm. Let's be very clear. That white woman was not looking out for my interests. She was quite prepared to stab the Asian male in the back and is probably after his job for sure he is clueless and is still supporting her to this very day mm, mm, mm. in the end she did not apply for the role but is still working on the wider project white supremacy racism the only reason she didn't apply is because I didn't give him the plan of how to take things forward as she would be exposed I did submit my application and was shortlisted for an interview I withdrew it and will explain why next week. Hmm. Left us with a teaser. Man, that is uh Jinkies, I need to drink myself. Man, this uh, uh non alcoholic sobriety would be best. Drink more water. Non alcoholic. I just need to try my The Herba Mate. Ah, love it. Best stuff in the universe. Now uh, this was stressful to read so I can only imagine or I can't really what this would be like to and this went on for a long time too this one like a one or two day thing all of this having people stealing your intellectual property uh, people who are treating you like a criminal same way in the school uh, type situation really you know wait because that's all it is really waiting to put your name up on the black but oh ooh, ooh, she doesn't know what she's doing ooh, that's all it is you know same thing banish you to the black top see see lying about these it problems that's all it is same thing all of that uh deliberate willful sabotage white supremacy racism same thing that i said to uh lauren 
Same thing that I said to uh, Bay Area Mom uh, mentioned in the report, all of that. Uh, find something to replenish. She started off the email talking about it was so stressful that she didn't even want to write, you know, to talk about it, which I understand. You have to uh, relive all that and think about it all over again and all these lame accusations and everything on your free time, no less, you know. I totally get it. Composure. Can't say it enough. These type of situations, even the IT, even if it, you know, wasn't everything else and them trying to steal your work and, you know, can you give me everything that you did on this project so I can go in here and present on it, you know, all that sort of thing. Even them making the uh, implying that, hey, you're leaving out this smart, intelligent white woman. Didn't we tell you to make sure you include that type of thing when you have been messaging and communicating with her correctly the whole time? All of that, it wears you down at minimum. It wastes time and energy. And at least for me, it would greatly minimize my motivation for I'm going to get out here and work super hard. I'm going to do everything that I possibly can, uh, willing to go that extra mile and all the rest of it, uh, bend over backwards, as they say, for the well-being. It would greatly minimize all of that. If I like, this is how you all are treating me like I'm some sort of scoundrel, criminal, as she said, scoundrel, like for reals, man. Uh, do things to replenish uh, hiking, swimming eating good foods, yeah people that you enjoy hanging out with, do things to replenish, that is so I mean that that is by design and even if it's other non-white people because we have tons of examples like that too well the non I think she had told us before it was the black female who was coming in sabotaging her and all of this under the direction behest of the racist white woman who is no longer employed, leaving thankfully, but all of that if it's the stress coming from other victims of racism stress coming from suspected race soldiers whatever it happens to be man make sure you do things to compensate acknowledge when my stress level is up they have you know really put it on me this week take a few days to see if I can recharge replenish get myself back together very important it can take a toll it does take a toll on our mental health and well-being Let's see. Much obliged for the uh, email. Uh, other folks dialed in. Yeah, commentary your own situation. What we've discussed so far. Number again: six zero five three one three five one six four. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Caller at the courthouse with us. I'll nab other hands. Uh, no waiting till the last minute if you have commentary observations to share with us uh, let's see other folks uh, commentary to share yes sir may I be heard caller at the courthouse yes sir yes sir thank you very much sir greetings to just the host the listeners and callers uh, I would like to share some updates from the week. Um, it looks like to start off, I want to uh, just share a summary of that. I mentioned that the, or one of the uh, main clique white women that started it went to Gilchrist County. Um, and to attach that to one of, one of the white women that she left behind 
that transferred to juvenile, and now she's in probate. It's been reported to me by another victim of racism that she is doing this practice of walking around. I, I just call it being lazy, but she's, um, I don't know, probing the area or just walking around the area doing like some, uh, I guess, watching. should be working, but the the white man that that doesn't retain information as having issues with keeping uh, things in his mind with training. He used to just walk around with his hands in his pocket, literally. And now, recently, I guess he, I don't know, I'll say scrutinized, I guess, uh, counsel. They like to say that word, counsel, by the um, top white person in charge. So he's been finally in his office or the office assigned to him to be a white person. So this white woman has been just walking around, I guess, watching the different departments or whatever. And I think one of the um, things that has her doing it is that there's still other white females, mainly white females, that she is in contact with in some way, whether they're people who are managers or, uh, I guess, just regular deputy clerks. I wanted to say that to say that this victim shared with me that this younger white woman, probably like early 20s, is thinking about transferring too. Uh, and she, it, this victim shared that this white woman is whispering in the ear of this younger white woman to try to get her to go to another department and another black female supervisor was upset about not being informed about this. Like, why y'all ain't tell me? So that's one, two, three white people, two white women, one white man um, plotted this, schemed on doing this. I think it's because one of the clique women upset with the black female manager. But um, I guess correcting her on an error or mistake, they, they can't, they can't, and somebody that's black, okay, uh, discussing or confronting them on one of their mistakes, and they make a lot of mistakes, okay, um, that I've that I've heard about, and it, it, this goes to connect to that there was what they call they use the term internal posting, and then they're, they're greatly inconsistent with sending out these internal postings for these different positions because they'll usually just appoint mostly white people or all white people. When they don't send out the posting, they'll just give it to one of their friends. The, the white nepotism surfaces again, white supremacy. And that's why I wanted to start out with that because this white woman walking around, she just whispered to this, white woman that just go just apply or transfer. They only it's almost like I'm I'm thinking they don't even really have to uh fill out no application or something. And another white woman just transferred into a second department for another white woman to take her place. She leaves to go 
to another place to fill out or to uh, do a job interview because she's mad and has been reported as saying, well, he doesn't care about everybody. He doesn't care about us. But this person has transferred five times, and she's upset because her raise has been taken away. So now she want to leave. I, I I just can't stand it. I gotta go. I'm I'm just I'm I'm the victim. That's what she's making it seem like. But she's benefited. All right. Uh, and my next one is the the late the lady that's upset about the fragrance issue. She's been trying to scheme as well. Um, that same black female manager came downstairs in the break room, and this white woman is uh, practicing racism by asking her if she tried this new hand soap. So the hand soap has such a pungent, strong smell. Now she, okay, before she put this on her hands, to wash her hands at the sink. Oh, such and such, did you try this new hand soap? You know, it's it's over if you want to try something. You know, I bought it. So she's doing this for a reason because she's been reprimanded for her strong fragrances. So the black female said, oh, yeah, you know, I tried it. So I think she tried to, to fool her in some way, in my opinion. I wrote that down. So she put the soap on, went to sit down, head in the room, and I could still smell it, right? This is like feet away from me. And it's minutes later, I'm like, it's just such a strong smell. It's so annoying. Um, I had two more left. The the white woman that wore the orange shirt, Fanview Blacks um, College. Family, now the, the the rattlers. She <laughs> she tried to get me to to talk about that, and she was talking to two other coworkers in the area that I work in, segregated area. Uh, she was upset about her checklist being blocked, and the white woman saying that she's on the phone and doesn't greet customers coming into the records area, and I guess that's impeding her checklist and she's you know not like she has an issue with that and I'm just doing the work that I'm assigned to be doing and I hear her say the thing the thing that left a bad taste in my mouth is when they said something about my shirt and she's just saying that because there was a black girl on my shirt she's mixed yeah but she's black okay now she she made that clear. I'll just say that she you know clarified that she sees a person with black that was on that shirt from a few weeks ago, and everybody stopped talking. And she looked at me. She said, "Remember I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago." I said, "Yeah." Did you talk to such and such? I named the white person, and she just walked out of the room like. You know? So I got on cold immediately. I ain't going to give you my views. On it, like, I can't do anything about it anyway. So you need to go to the white folks with that. Um, a white woman, I noticed, reacted to uh, a couple that came in 
black male, white woman, right? So they were about to get their marriage ceremony started. And this dude, this dude before they went out into the hallway, he comes out and says, well, y'all, y'all, um, pray for me or something. He said, he said, either pray for me or hope that everything goes right. Cause I just signed my death certificate. Right. And he hold my hands with the white person. And he said, the death certificate. All right. Um, and the white people started laughing and the white woman who also is married to a black male. I noticed she did not reply. She just looked down at her phone. She was angry. Okay. And the black people, I think, noticed it as well. So they got quiet, too. Um, but I wanted to say it that way because they are always gossiping about other people. Black male could come in there, was trying to get an injunction filed, and they're looking up his information, and they're saying, see, I see why it's an injunction being placed on him. A bunch of tackiness. Uh and I had a, another victim, a black male. He, um, I was waiting to get an envelope from him. Uh, and a Spanish-speaking, uh, I'll say white person pretty much, responded to him saying, oh, were you talking to me? And he says, no, I'm talking to this guy right here, this ugly guy. Right. So he called me ugly guy. So I didn't even reply to him. I just got the envelope and then I walked away. So I don't know why he said that necessarily. I guess so-called trying to play around. But this is the same person that I handed a photo to. And he said the person was looking kind of dark. Okay. Uh, so that's all I have for this week. Thanks for allowing me to share. Elevator insults. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Got to talk bad about the uh, non-white people. Uh, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, I uh, We had, I think it was Lauren. Was that? No, we had a young lady who wrote in. Uh, was talking about a white woman just walks around. Got to keep an eye see what my negros are up to that frederick douglas two times he wrote about that in his biography and saying that they had set up the plantation so that the so that the slaves would get the feeling that they are always under surveillance even if a white person is not watching you you would think that they could be he said that they would hop out and say like ah didn't even know i was over there ah what are you doing what are you doing trying to escape what are you doing trying to read what are you doing that sort of thing and that still we've had so many uh, non-white people over the years talking about with their own jobs these are people that are not even their supervisor or manager a lot of times or they just walk around hands in their pockets what are you up to are you working what what time did you get here what? just gotta keep an eye and just walk around what is your job I don't you worry about them I'm watching the negros always under surveillance if you are not white system of racism uh, all that transferring uh, and uh, the nepotism cronyism 
Uh, he's reported that uh, for years, really, at the courthouse. So they have people. He, mom, where they've worked there for years. Surely, hey, we've shown we're dedicated. We at least know a few things, right, about the courthouse. Why are we, you know, option for some of these positions? He said uh, they had the black female young lady who's been there for 19 years. Nah, nah, get on out of here. Nah. They got all that. We don't even contact. We don't even do the postings about all this. You just get trained. You got a friend who works over at this courthouse or what have you. and just Oh, we got the best candidate. Wink, wink. Same thing we heard from the young lady who emailed in with it. Wife, you're like, oh, we want her to get it. So we, we won't even tell anybody else about this one. Like, yeah. Pass that. People that are not qualified. Doesn't matter. Classified as white? Qualified. We'll make the niggers do the work for you anyway. Don't even worry about it. So then, a result of that, you have all of this incompetence. He said, they had the fellow there, my white brother. Said he, unprofessional. Doesn't know how to talk to you. He said, he, another one, walking around with his hand. And, hmm. Hmm. Go check on the segregated niggers. Make sure they're behaving mm. they say you're incompetent for that. I'm confident about watching the niggers That's what I'm here for anyway they got all these folks un- unqualified incompetent but they know Susan or the warden or you know whatever their grandmother or grandfather or whatever been in North Florida for all these years, so they got all the hookups, they get all this with no I said applications really are for niggers. I don't feel like no applicants. What are you talking about? My friend, she works in HR. You need a job. I need a job. My cousin. You mean yeah, supervisor job. Yeah. Boss the niggers around. Cronyism man. Uh, and then he said they get these positions. He said they make lots of errors. I'm not surprised. We got a uh, young lady that wrote and got incompetent carry. I'm not surprised. Enron, they go all the way back there. Dr. Kamba talked about that years, decades, really. All these white people hooking up, hiring their family members and friends and homies and what have you. These folks are incompetent and or stealing, corrupt. They said they sit up making errors and then have the audacity to get mad. Have some nigga woman come back in. Correct. You didn't fill out the... I don't care if I didn't feel like a nigga woman. You don't tell. That's another one we've heard for years. You get all these incompetent people in the workplace. And then you have black people who have to be extra qualified, extra competent just to be the janitor. And then they come back like, uh, I think you didn't do this one. Well, you don't correct me. You don't know what you're talking about. And then you end up having to do the whole project over and they take credit for it. That sort of thing. Super common. The, uh, white woman gets the job and then get an attitude about it probably through some cronyism it's not like she was a Phi Beta Kappa or graduated summa cum laude uh, like Bay Area scholar she gets the job and they say after she's been transferred and all the rest of them they say well we can't give you the raise we gotta tighten up like, what what oh god I'm quitting I'm quitting this is not like man you weren't even qualified for this job to begin with like stop this he's playing the victim they do that all the time you weren't even supposed to have this job man that lady that's been there for 19 years she's probably 15 times more qualified than you you run around talking about eh, he took my way not keep this job eh, I'm a victim mm. didn't want to do any work anyway get out of here uh, the fragrance man now that is a new one now the computer sabotage I've heard that before that's old hat 
the unqualified white people I've heard that before surveillance of Negroes that's every day all day long white woman is agree perfume is too strong you weren't too much of it or it's funky or whatever we don't like it change it up don't worry you know we got sensitive olfactory folks around here you know and she says no no and he said that last week that she's gonna try and see if I can blame this on a black person she brings in special funky soap hey look here Sada it's so good to see you nigga. I mean it's so good to see you today did you try the the special soap that I brought in I thought just of you when I brought it, why don't you go ahead and give it a try give an extra cigar yeah and then that sounds like the type of sabotage thing where she's going to sit and wait and then as soon as she see her take a squirt she's going to run and say hey 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 you smell that you smell that that's you see you see you see you got to do something about it yeah man see it's not just me it's a whole lot of people they come in and they got all these crazy fragrances and soaps that I told you last week I didn't I, I don't even wear no fragrance I don't wear no mm-mm. go over there and smell that you smell that that's a soda see see look I would have never thought the soap that's a scam like for real they set me a soap man they set me up with a soap so I can be all funky and be is that me where is that what is that smell I don't even do you I don't know what to tell you man you got to bring your own soap uh to work uh if they bring in special soap don't use it I'm good. I'm doing it. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And you can just say, hey, hey, my, my, my olfactory senses, you know, they, they disrupt the, I can't, I can't even do, I'd have to do unscented shampoo and detergent. And I can't, I can't do none of that. I got the, my sinus is real. So I can't even, I, I, I can't do none of that. Yeah. I don't even know what to say on that, man. They got the, <laughs> they sabotage the soap, man. Like, come on. Come on, and then get an attitude with you to come over there with you. Hey, look here, nigger boy. You see the soap? Yeah, see, that's your problem. See, you uncouth coon. See, you're not even sophisticated enough to be able to appreciate real fragrances and things. That's what I say about you coons. Like what? What? Uh huh. Nothing to say to that. You put that in the book. You can come here and try and get me to use the soap too. Uh huh. Uh huh. Then we get to the uh, what was the FAMU chick also uh, was talked about last week, and she said last week that she just went around to all the black people. I said, what do you think about this? They came and tell I'm showing my support for the HBCUs. I love the nigger children. I got my shirt on. They gonna come and tell me we don't you you can't wear that. We don't do the athletic paraphernalia and things, and it violates the dress code. I'm too casual for Friday. What do you think about this Asada? Why don't you go ask some white people? Then she gonna come ask him. Look here, black boy. What, what, what do you think about my shirt? Don't you think they they tried to to tell me I can't wear my shirt because it's a black person on front? You know that's why they told. What do you think? Uh, I think. Uh, did you ask Penelope about her opinion? Simple-minded Negro. That's what I say about you. And then she left. <laughs> that's what we said last week. Like, man, why don't you ask some white people? see what they think about why are you gonna come around like you trying to rally the colored workers 
you gonna get everybody in the segregated section so we go protest we want the FAMU shirt we all gonna wear our FAMU shirts if she can't wear come on come on no nah, can I ask mm-hmm. and I'm gonna ask on context this is the same person and I know you'll remember this that got the job while getting her nails done same one there see there now if you got that much cronyism real talk you already know the person to talk to if you really want them to change the rule for the fam you uh sweatshirt so you can wear that you know who to talk to man it's nobody in the segregated section you don't need help from nobody over there if you can go real talk and you can get a job where you did the interview getting your toes done you already know who to check in with man Change these here casual Friday rules up. I like my FAMU shirt. Got the little colored winch on the front of it, and I like wearing it. Change that up so I can wear that and tease all the niggers in the segregated section. And they'll probably switch it up for her. Come on, man. You can wear your uh, toes out. She probably didn't even do the to- applications are for niggers, apparently. I didn't know that either, but I'm still learning. If you can go sit with your toes out, it's Zoom and, you know, whatever. I'm, I got to wear my open-toe shoes. I'll get y'all later. You got all of the backing you need from the powerful white people. Wear whatever you want to work. You will probably be fine. Uh, the the oh man, the white uh, the white woman. I guess she comes in with the black dude. They're gonna do their whole marriage thing. I don't even know what to say about all that. Like, dang, death. I guess some people they do say that about marriage. They'll make those sort of. Uh, I don't know what you call it, kind of gallows humor, like, oh, no, it's horrible, I'm getting married, oh, about to die, and all that, but I mean, dang, for real, all of that, and, hmm, hmm, I don't know if you're telling on yourself, and then, the white woman who is already in that sort of situation, her to be sitting there with an attitude, hmm, 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 like, you should be somebody right on, mo swirling, that's right. That's how we gonna end the right. Go ahead, black sister or my white sister. That's right. I got me one too. Best thing ever. She didn't say that. She's sitting there mad. Make sure you wash your hands before you dirty up my white sister. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. All of that. All of that. And. I would just be paying attention since they got the weddings and all that. And he's talked a number of times when they had these so-called interracial pairings. And, you know, maybe you get access to the room and the chairs and maybe we got an excuse. We, I don't know if we can use the uh, room for the wedding. Yeah, we got the COVID. Remember, we got the COVID. Yeah, you know, you can't have Negro nuptials in the room. That's just for white people getting married. Yes. That that would be another one too. Lets me know white people are not ignorant about white supremacy racism. If they you see these sort of responses from people when you have these so called tragic arrangements and such, and you don't have the same enthusiasm that you do for the other nuptials and such when the people come in for their paperwork and all. Any hoodles, uh like I said, the elevator insults, all of that every time, composure, uh, I wouldn't care if it's a white person or a non white person. No need to be responding in kind, cursing and name calling and all the rest of that. Really, nothing need be said. Oh, ugly dude up here. Mm. I didn't expect to be treated correctly 
uh, I might be shanked. They've already told me, you know. Try and put the fragrance bomb on. I didn't even know that. That's that's the new new. We're gonna put the fragrance bomb on you and then go tell everybody that you caused that nasty stench down in the segregated area. Ought to be shamed. Composure, very important. Keep that in mind. Whatever I guess one, maybe take your own soap to work. E definitely don't use any soap that is offered uh what have you that is that is a new one haven't heard that before and uh, as always composure 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 whatever the accusations are white people start yelling at you especially they try to do the humiliation thing yell at you in front of everybody even when you didn't do anything wrong you're supposed to be at work right now what are you doing not here who do you think you are mm-hmm. take a deep breath maybe take five deep breath and then process the best way for you to respond to neutralize their act of racism see if I can get in our last email before we uh, sign out let me see okay email number two good afternoon Gus I'm getting ready to go back to the plantation this afternoon but I need to tell you what happened to me on Tuesday morning. After completing my morning route, I had to go to use the restroom because I drink a lot of water. A plus. I uh, drink a lot of water in the morning mixed with cranberry juice and lemon juice. Upon reaching the restroom door, I pulled the handle to the door, which was unlocked. Inside the restroom was a white teacher. Female. As soon as she saw me she screamed I immediately let go of the door and went to the adjacent restroom now mind you the restroom door was unlocked anyhow as I was walking back to the area I heard in earshot this teacher saying to someone that she thought she was going to get Black male privilege, you are 100% right when you always say that they view us as raping black males, ready to violate women, or men, or children, donuts even. I just shook my head, and in my mind, I said that's what Mr. Fuller says when he says that's what they see. That's what they see on a subliminal level. Have a good afternoon. I will try my best to you as well, sir. Uh, man, that uh, sort of situation I would report. Uh, just, you never know. I've seen, and in fact, I've had uh, situations like that uh, personally where I worked. I remember I worked uh, at a facility. I had to come in over the weekend, had my own work area, but I had left uh, some of my personal property that I needed and had access. I think many employees do have a building or what have you, however you have access. So I went got my material I was not there you know I don't even think I was in the building for 30 minutes or what have you didn't set off an alarm or do anything wacky uh, went during I think this was like Saturday we'll call it noon Saturday during the middle of the day incidentally and even some a small number of other employees would come in uh, Saturday early day to catch up or whatever get some work done whatever they needed anyway so I go in I didn't see anybody but I did see a few cars in the parking lot it's a big building so I assumed it might be one or two people uh, in the building whatever go in get my property dip I don't hear until the next 
beginning of the next work week, right, that one of the white females who was there, who's actually in my department, so not a stranger or somebody who, you know, maybe you just see them at a quick glance in the hallway or, or something. Someone that I had, you know, sat down, done many, many meetings with, gone to court with many, many times, rode in the car with like over and over and over, known this person for a long time. Um, and they said, oh, I saw old Gussie Wussie's car in the parking lot. I was like, oh, thought he might be in the building. And I just... Oh, I had to hurry up and get out of there. I didn't know if he was going to rake me or what, because I was there by myself. And Oh, my gosh. And this ended up same type of thing going all around the unit and supervisor. And they did step in like, wait a minute. This is not it's professional corrected. I mean, if you did think an employee was going to rape you in the building, why in the hell didn't you call 911? At minimum, HR and make a report. Jesus Christ, we can't have raping niggers in the building. That's not what it was. This is that old, I just like the same type of thing. You know, real talk, if it's really that serious, lock the door. Whatever. You know, no one tried to burst into the stall and rape you while you were on the toilet. You know that's not even close. But I'm like, he tried you could have black people get fired over that sort of thing. Black privileged black males get fired over that sort of thing. Get this have to waste an hour of time. Leroy Penelope told us some disturbing news today. Uh, did you burst into the stall and try to rape her? No, I, now you want to talk about traumatic. I got to explain it. No, I did not try to rape Penelope. I have not raped anyone. No, I do not dream right about raping white women. Black male privilege. But I would report that in, I would both write that out uh, with as much detail as possible in my workplace journal I would make a report of that because I mean it's so unprofessional I mean for reals if it's me too and all of that anybody if it's legitimate that should be reported immediately that's not some gossip and rumor and oh I was so titillated and I didn't know what to do and it took me five minutes to calm down like what are you talking about man what does it mean to be when you put the Emmett Till on you again like he wolf whistled that man oh my god black male privilege anywho uh, we will be here tomorrow 21st program of the month normal time 8pm eastern 5pm pacific guess we have to say a word uh, an arrest made in the murder of Tupac Shakur after 27 years another privileged black male right just in time for the 5th year anniversary of hip hop we will chat it up about that and other things that have gone down the past seven days on the plantation. Uh, hopefully, uh, been worthy of your time and energy this year evening. Uh, sobriety would be best under the system of white supremacy racism. Preserve our brain computer. We have high level thinking that needs to happen immediately. Creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect 
at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately. No name calling. No elevated insults either. No gossiping. No throwaway offspring. Make sure you are talking to your children constantly. White supremacy, racism, sexual abuse. Very dangerous out there for black boys, black girls, non-white children in total. Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, no brother. Problem. A victim. I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.